Hey guys, and welcome back to the Skullcast for episode 104. I am your host, as always, Walter, and joining me today are Azil. Hey guys and girls. Griffith. Hey, hey. And Grail. Hello. Thanks for joining me again. Uh, as of course, we are convened because there is another new episode of Berserk. It's nice that it's back. It's not coming back, though. <laughs> At least not for next month that we know of, so that's too bad. Um, other than that, there really has not been any Berserk news. There's nothing Deronky-wise to cover. There's no new interviews. There's, thank God, no anime. Uh, so there's really <laughs> nothing to go into except for straight into the episode. Um, 360 landed just a couple, uh, feels like a couple hours ago. I guess it's been two days now. And there was a lot of discussion back and forth about what it would focus on, given the little preview text we got. Uh, and it kind of landed where I expected, where we got some new magic stuff uh, with um, Farnese and, Far and Shirke and the other witch kids. But it also, of course, ended with the continuation of where the last episode ended. So a little bit of the Guts and Skull Knight stuff. So that's exciting because uh, Big Man actually spoke after a, a decade now, I guess. Skull Knight, he hasn't really had a speaking line in a decade. 2010, yeah. 2009, 11 years. Yep. Anyway, and so that's great. We're going we're gonna to get his next sentence in hopefully half that time at least. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Uh, Aziel, if you don't mind me asking, what was it Poyla had said? Like, I hope uh, Skull Knight can like finish his sentence in the next decade or something like that. Yeah, so, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's uh, she hopes he can complete his sentence in the next decade. So well, he's probably yeah. a thousand years old, so it makes sense that he speaks very deliberately. <laughs> he takes his time. Yeah. yeah, he's in no hurry. I am gonna I'm gonna read a quick summary of the app as usual, just to orient people that if you're listening to that and just say five to ten years to remember what 360 means. Um, so it starts with Casca explaining that when she sees guts, it causes her to remember that time, which is of course the eclipse, and she has a bit of a panic attack, and Denon um, puts her to sleep. So with this magical blowing petals at her, um, Farnese and Shirke demonstrate some of the magical abilities that they had to use to survive when they were out in the world. And uh, everyone's impressed by their skill levels for, for Farnese because she's so new and uh, for Shierke maybe because she's uh, just good for her age or perceptive. Uh, Farnese asks Ged about learning healing magic, specifically with the intent, of course, to continue the healing of Casca's mind. And Denon says that she might be able to help, uh, which is cool because like she already did, uh, but she's lending more help. Uh, Ged asks Shirke if she wants to learn about daemons, uh, which are supernatural beings who were once human, and and implies, that, although it doesn't say it, that Flora is now among them. I mean, like, it's, it's obvious what he's talking about. He doesn't say the word Flora, the name Flora, but we know who he means. I'm going to have to be uh, a little nitpicky here and uh, correct you on the pronunciation of diamonds. Okay. It's, it's diamonds and not demon. Diamonds and, uh, are forever, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. I actually. Yeah, what about think, uh, uh, Dame, What about demons? Nah, it's really diamonds. <laughs> I, okay. mean, I mean, I, I'm not. Sorry about that, but that's that's how it's pronounced. And uh, it. I'm glad though, because when I hear Damon, I think New Kids on the Block. There's a Damon in New Kids on the Block, which I know ages me, but that is what it is, guys. <laughs> God yeah. diamond. Mm -hmm. It's it's not uh, yeah it's not uh, Matt Damon or anything like that, but really <laughs> diamond. Mad so, Diamond. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it's a uh, it's it's Diamond from the Greek word Diamond, which is uh, inspired from 
So that's the real contribution on this episode, other than, of course, getting Guts and Skull Knight on the same page, is really this introduction of a new strata of astral creatures. Uh, so that's great. Uh, we'll get into that in, in discussion. But to finish out the summary is uh, Guts is alone on the cliffs of Skellig, uh, practicing, kind of working out his frustrations and thinking about what he might do next. Uh, the Skull Knight appears, as expected, uh, saying that even though Guts is at the end of his long journey, it's not a pretty sight. That's the end of the ep, um, and let's get right down to it. What are some of your guys' takeaways? I have a couple big topics to hit as we go through the ep, but I wanted to turn it over to anybody else that do you have any real, favorite sections. Uh, real bummer from our wise sage there. <laughs> you know, well, you've come to the end of your journey. <laughs> it kind of sucks, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. he's, he's not, I mean, it's not that bad. He just says that, yeah, it's not... It's not always like whenever you face the yeah. end of your journey, it's not always, you know, full of happiness. So it's not just nice things. So I guess, I mean, in a way, it reflects on what we already know and it's what we already a, knew. It's not just a victory and a fanfare. You know, it's, uh, yeah. Exactly. It's consequences. And I mean, I guess, in a way, it's a continuation of what he had told Gods mm-hmm. on the beach, which is, you know, what he wanted was not necessarily what Casca would want. Although, I guess he's wrong, because... I think he's... Yeah. She does want to be with Gods. Maybe I, not. I, Go ahead. He, he's really good at doing these, like, loaded statements that, that need to be unpacked to get to the actual truth. Like, you know, you should kill that child because it'll bring you trouble, you know. Which is <laughs> yeah. like, can we maybe unpack what you mean specifically? Oh, what a, a, what a pragmatist. That? Yeah. And, and, and in the case of what she wants may not be what you want. Specifically, it's that Casca regressed in her mind because she couldn't cope with the pain of it. Like, they've spelled yeah. that out in the episodes multiple times. It's not just us supposition of, of that. That's actually what it is. Whereas here, it's Casca, as we saw in the opening of the episode... She wants to be able to to face guts and talk to guts. It's obvious, but she can't because she has this barrier around the trauma of the past. So I mean, it's almost yeah. separate from. It's not physical desire. It's unconscious. It's like on the molecular level. Like mm. you know, she didn't want to be conscious, even though she, you know, her heart is still for guts. You know, her mind just uh, just snaps when she yeah. sees him. So yeah, you know, Skull Knight is right. I mean, probably from his point of view in the most important way where it's like, oh, well, it's, you know, your nature or, or whatever. But, uh, yeah. It's from also, the... I was going to say it's also interesting that she does uh, she does specify that it's things of the past in general which uh, cause a problem. And, of yeah. course, obviously that means guts because he was like her lover at the time. But, you know, presumably it might be the same if she saw, I don't know, Judo's knife or something like that, or even Griffiths, you know, mm-hmm. she used to not have a problem with that. Well, you know, she kind of did because uh, she sensed her son. But now if she were to see his image, she would probably have the same kind of flashbacks, even worse, because he was like the, you know, the main culprit uh, of what went down during the eclipse. Right. So that, that's kind of uh, interesting. And I, I think it lays down the path for her to heal from it. Like this little scene it might not seem much to people. It's just, hey, we already knew that and stuff. But, you know, in a way, it's, uh, I think it's a step. You know, one step, another step. Danan says she's got a rest. You know, she's just out of a long nightmare. For now, all she can do is rest. I think it's, you know, not a big step, but a step towards, you know, her trying to work on it. So, yeah. We could get our own Casca vision quest, basically, where she's uh, sort of healing herself. 
Yeah, I wonder I wonder what that'll actually manifest as the healing thing that they implied in this episode. Uh, but to continue off of what Azil said in terms of like what was actually spelled out in this episode versus implied in the last one, you know, if you guys recall, it was back in August that we recorded the last podcast. We we talked a lot about the tr- what the trigger is for Casca, you know, what the actual moment is and why it is that she kind of like, you know, has this panic attack. Is it seeing guts? Is it hearing guts? We talked about how it happens whenever she faces him. I mean, she actually spells it out here, basically, doesn't it? Does she not? She clarifies yeah. it's, it's when she's that seeing him reminds her of the past. Yeah, that's she, what triggers it. So yeah, she says his face or his voice. Mm-hmm. You know, is that like you know basically what she says is that they're, they're blocked by a horrible shadow. Mm-hmm. Is how she she puts it. So you know they are under that veil of the eclipse and everything that went down. And as we saw, uh, it even includes you know Griffith's uh, mangled body. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know in the cell. So all these things are kind of, you know, preventing her from moving on, basically. And um, and the way she puts it, she says, like, you know, encountering things of the past is what triggers it. And that means, you know, in Japanese, that means touching, you know, uh, reaching for something, hearing it. It's it's very, uh, like, a wide array of things. So, you know, presumably anything that reminds her of it, to put it simply, you know, will trigger that reaction that reminds her of her past. A lot of that we talked about over the past couple episodes, but this is spelling it out for readers that it is those, you know, there are certain triggers and part of them is seeing Gut's face, which if you call to mind episode, I think it's 355 or 56, when they actually have their reunion under the tree, there was a lot of discussion about why Gut's face is shown in shadow on those preceding panels. You know, it's mostly obscured. And then, of course, they have that big, uh, what's the word, silhouette of him is his face in shadow as well. So, yeah, it all ties back to the narrative where she can't actually face guts because of uh, the past. So that's all yeah, tied in visually. Yeah. And she actually, like she literally says, it's all covered by, you know, a horrible shadow. So it's it's, uh, it's some nice it's, literal foreshadowing. And I'm not just making the horrible pun. I mean, it, <laughs> it really is. But uh, it's face shadowing. Yeah. And then, you know, doubled down here with her saying that as as points out. Yeah. Yeah, another um, to pivot away a little bit is what's I thought was nice a nice highlight of this episode. I thought was like her clinging to Farnese's yes. clothing. Uh, that was the next always... thing I wanted to talk about too. I thought that was like other than like Skull Knight showing up, that was a nice little that was a long payoff actually. It was yeah like it, for, for if you're a Farnese fan. It was <laughs> I was actually a little surprised because I guess I'm kind of clouded by my own expectations or thoughts about where their relationship might go once she's restored, but. Little things like this and how she treated Farnese back in previous episodes here, it's clear that their bond is continuing. It's not like a reset for them. You know, that bond still exists, and this is, you know, indicative of that. What's interesting is that Farnese herself is surprised, you know, and uh, like she's humble. Yeah, I mean, so the thing is, Casca, she subconsciously reached for it, and Dana comments on the fact it's like she really trusts Farnese a lot. And she herself was like, oh, really, is that so? I never thought of it like that. So I, I think it shows, like you said, it's a, it's a big payoff for people who, you know, are fans of Farnese. And it also, again, I mean, not that it's needed, but it justifies the fact Guts, you know, found that group of people, you know, allowed them to travel with him and Casca to take care of her. And, uh, and you know, actually in this episode, it's just a little detail, but... You know, I was reminded of, you know, when God says, 
uh, in the previous one where he says it's fine for now that you know she can't see him or hear him and i was reminded of uh, volume 24 when you know they're traveling in the forest uh going to flora's place and he's you know thinking that it's better that other people take care of her uh, rather than him and it's fine for now because otherwise she would be put in danger so again i think when you look back to the whole journey there's a really nice continuation that's you know paying off now so i, I really appreciated that uh, to piggyback off of that point, uh, one thing that I'm noticing is, or what I was thinking about before was how uh, before Casca regained her mind, I think one question that was on a lot of people's minds was, you know, what's Farnese's function in the group going to be after Casca gets better? And uh, depending on whether Casca remembers her or not, what's their relationship going to the, be like? Hit the bricks. Yeah, 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 we exactly. don't need you anymore. I think a lot of people were wondering about that. Like, what's she gonna do now that she doesn't have someone who depends on her? And it's God's, clear that it's yeah. just gonna be like, you're fired. <laughs> you're fired. You're redundant now. Sorry. With, with the two fingers. You're fine. Um, yeah. No. So it, this episode was really cool to me because it shows that a Farnese and Casca still are are gonna have a very close relationship moving forward you know, benefiting from the fact that Casca remembers her and, and appreciates what Farnese has done for her. And now it seems like Farnese's whole career as a witch might be influenced by her relationship with Casca, too. Yeah, you know, we, without going too far yet into that uh, magic thing, I'm I, I'm really interested to see how their relationship will evolve because... You know, basically now Casca's gonna have a girlfriend. You know, uh, yeah. not in the not in the sexual sense, but you know, yeah, exactly. And if you think back to the golden age, you know, she was a lone woman in a man's world, and right. it was tough. And you know, it was really tough. And now right, she's got sure. Farnese, and to a lesser extent, Shiruke, who's still a little girl. And I feel like you know, she she could be a mentor to Shiruke in ways that Gus could never be. And uh, at the same time, Farnese and her could support each other. And I mean, right now, obviously, Casca is still in a bad place, but she used to be, you know, a pretty huge badass. And I, I think she will also be able to impart confidence on Farnese in the future. So I really look forward to that and to, you know, basically once uh, Casca is back on her feet and fighting and Farnese has developed as a magic user, how will the, you know, like, relationship even during battle uh b that's that's the kind of stuff uh, I, I got thinking about in this episode yeah now now that i think about it looking back on the golden age the only time she really had like a heart-to-heart -heart conversation with a with another woman was with charlotte yeah yeah which is not oh, ideal not <laughs> ideal yeah, right? yeah that was rough yeah, <laughs> that's not good. Yeah, but you so, know what? It's interesting that we're discussing all this because I mean we kind of get the literal uh you know transition in this episode i mean if you want to view it that way where it's like literally on one page she's holding casca's hand and sort of you know feeling humble and like you know like she's not deserving of this position maybe it should be guts or maybe she just thinks in general i'm not that comforting or you know worthy of that kind of uh clinginess or you know I, i'm not that kind of figure or she doesn't view herself that way so on the next page then we see her, well, how about being a full-fledged witch? <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, there she is. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're already seeing, you know, how roles aren't necessarily, like, changing, but maybe evolving and expanding. And we're just seeing how it's going to be, you know, more complex. Or, I mean, they've already kind of been going in that direction anyway for a while. 
but uh, but we're seeing it, you know, solidified. We're seeing it made official. She's getting. I feel like she's getting her diplomas here, like as a yeah. Casca caretaker, and now as a witch. Where it's like, wow, she's actually she could become the most important person in the group. She's got she, the outfit to match it for sure. Yeah, she she like stealthily was, you know, this super important person watching Casca, and Guts recognized it and told her, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just you know blowing smoke. Yeah, and I actually agree. I mean, I think getting the actual witches, you know, garb is a, it's a big moment. And it's, it's done and it's too, even though it's all costume. Actually, a, a pause that made me laugh is something uh, Ivarela uh, says to, you know, as, as she gets the costume. She's, you know, she's always, you know, I, w- I was thinking about Ivarela actually during this episode, you know, because she's really kind of a mean girls uh, type figure. She's you know, throwing she, all those quips. He, Oh yeah, she's always just throwing shade, and uh, I guess it's 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 hard to convey, you know, uh, in a language of certain Japanese, you know. And uh, but when I try, she really basically like some kind of high school girl, you know, that's a popular and be, and dishing it to everybody else. And so she's she's basically saying the costume is uh, plain, but it looks great on on foreigners. They're playing because she's also plain, you know. It's, it's that kind of stuff. So <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, I, I just, I just found it funny. You know, it's, it's very typical of her. But I just, uh, why, why it actually looks great? You know, that's the thing. It really looks uh, better than Shiruke's actually. I thought it was interesting that uh, this is going a little bit farther forward, but I thought it was interesting that it was noted that I guess she's Farnese doesn't use a staff right now. Uh, yeah. Magic users, and I wonder if that's going to change later, or if she'll continue using her dagger. Yeah, actually, I had the same thought. Is um, so it's interesting when they're you know proving themselves to the students, and they're all being like, oh, so she's an adult, mm-hmm. and uh, being an adult usually you can't. Apparently, it's not a thing to learn magic as an adult. So already she does that. She also learns that spell three times faster than people usually do, and she's not using a staff, and also not using a magic circle or runes, uh, because Shiruke doesn't use them either. So. Yeah. Putting all that together, yeah, I also found it interesting, and I also wonder about the staff. Will she use one or not? I would, I would imagine not, because yeah. uh, that will make her, you know, different than uh, what you know Shuriki does. So she's I, like I, this, I'm not sure. She's like a new school magic user here. It's uncharted territory. She went to adult night school, and she's <laughs> like, you know, blazing her own trail. And it's interesting. I mean, she's like some sort of, you know. It's an interesting way to differentiate her from Shirke, who also seems to be, like, not completely – or I mean, she knows the orthodox, but she's also kind of, you know, going out of bounds. Yeah, Shirke is basically – I mean, she can do everything. You yeah. Know? That's, that's kind of a thing. She's, she's like – She's classically trained. Yeah, and she's a <laughs> prodigy, so she will yep. – I mean, again, it's what the episode says. She, she's using, you know, she's casting spells very fast. She can see, uh, you know, uh, astral beings uh, that others can't see because she's, you know, trained herself to detect she, them because she, she's, she's had to do like it. like a hundred of them. <laughs> yeah, and she's, you know, she's summoned dark creatures. You know, it's, you know, takes us back to the Lord of Rotting Roots. And it's just people are like, oh, it's a creature of, uh, you know, the darkness. It's dangerous. And she's like, yeah, I've done it before. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was actually dangerous at the time. Like Isidro could have been, you know, rotted to worms. So, um, can we, so yeah. uh, can we take a moment to make fun of Isidro? 
<laughs> I not a Sidro, but Serpico in this episode. Yeah, what the hell? Oh yeah, he's literally just like he's like two appearances where he's like he's hiding behind hide in trees. the corner. I'd like to think they're two different trees and that he's moving around to various <laughs> points. What is his? What is he doing? What's the soft boy doing he's over just, there? Exactly? He's just creeping. He's creeping over there. He's, yeah, he's just. But I mean, like, he's just spying on Farnese. So you know that's what? It. It's not even like cool. I mean, not that creeping is cool. <laughs> Too much information. <laughs> but uh, like it's like this lame. He's like he says he's you know he's happy for her, but he's also like you know worried about it it's like it's this really lame fussing over her yeah. i was way. really excited about it's it like to he's, be honest. he's uh <laughs> he's become a mom now yeah i don't <laughs> my think my baby's he... all grown up yeah. mira's he, mira's not giving us a lot of room to maneuver about this but it's basically he's she's moving on she's becoming something new and he's just he's that what's the he's, word like vestigial re- remnant yeah. of that last life right you know what's it's funny it's like in a weird way it's like he went from being like the really cool one to now he's just her brother <laughs> it's like foot, oh yeah look at the way his foot is like <laughs> yeah racing. what the fuck is he doing <laughs> you know i mean it's it's funny because i think uh, in fact i know we already talked about this before and He's yeah, like like you said, Griff. She's she's moved on. She's moving on. She she has moved on and keeps moving forward, while he has not moved on and he's basically stuck in the past. And it's been like that, I think, since uh, Britannia's pretty much. Yep, I yeah. mean, on the ship, obviously they didn't have much room, but he's been yeah, he's kind of aimless, and I feel like he's gonna have to move forward eventually. And Obviously, I expect it to happen on the uh, film, at least the first step of that. But yeah, for now, he's basically stuck in that kind of uh, loser <laughs> attitude and yeah. position where he's just... Time, sorry, I was just going to ask, last time Farnese and Serpico interacted, was it kind of like uh, a similar master-servant relationship? or, or... He, was, he was bringing her towels on the right. ship. Right. That's it. <laughs> he didn't even have yeah. towels this time. But and you know it, what? It's it's kind of a thing now, though, where she's not even asking for this stuff, is she? Like, I don't think she really says anything to is him. Is she like, ordering you know. him around? Yeah, I, I don't, don't think she does at all. I think he just sort of is, like, doing it. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah, exactly. She's not, you know, one thing I've found is she's very, very polite. And that's, again, there might come a point where she has to be like, hey, you know what? Stop stop bothering me. <laughs> and he's, he's just going to be, like, stop crushed. Stop bringing me cows! Yeah, I like, think, what the hell? I don't need a manservant. Like, I could like wipe my staff. own ass. <laughs> I think that's actually a good point, uh, Griff. I, I think she will eventually tell him that he's free, you know, that he should do his own thing and stop being basically so subservient to her. Because, yeah, he doesn't uh, have to dedicate his life to her anymore. Do you guys remember the um the ending of that two-part flashback between Farnese and, and Serpico? Like yeah. she goes on like a mad spree, burning down things, right? Yeah, and like yeah, of course. The whole symbol of them is leaning against the tree, and they're like they're against wrapped, each other. They're like yeah. hugged, and they look like the tree wrapped together. Exactly. The and here yeah. he is leaning against an actual tree because she's already <laughs> like, "Fuck this, I'm I'm done. Keep your tree." Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, I feel like there's already been steps taken um, towards that. Where in previous episodes he would be like trying to follow her and she'll say, oh, it's typical, just, you know, do, go do whatever. I'm busy here or I'm, you know, doing something else. Yeah. And he's like, oh, you sure, you sure? So, yeah, I, like, I think. Yeah, you, you, you sounded conclusive. Let's, let's do that one. You go do that one. Go. No, I was just going to say, uh, I think, uh, I definitely think they're going to have that talk where he says, well, you know, and she'll be like, no, no, you got to move on. 
Then he'd be bummed for a while, and I don't know, he'll bang more or something. <laughs> even out of concern for him, just like, you know, hey, you know, I've been thinking about you. Like, cause she's a very thoughtful and considerate person these days. Not yeah, when it she, comes to Serpico. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know what? She does sort of just overlook him. I mean, it's like, it, yeah. that's the thing. He is like the taken for granted. Like, he is the loser. He's like, well, in it's because this... he transmogrifies himself into a doormat. Like, every single time he's in a <laughs> scene, he just turns into like a walk what? on me, please. No, literally, he's... literally, he's wearing like a doormat that he yes. can, like, that yes. turns. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, well, the, the thing is that the, what's funny is that the manga has kind of reflected that as well, where Serpico hasn't gotten much attention at all. Like, this is the first time it's just been him in a panel mm-hmm. for a while. So it's, it was, it's pathetic. It's one of my few grievances <laughs> with the way Miura has handled the sub characters. There's like three right. characters Puck, Azan, and Serpico have gotten basically no love. Exactly. Puck, Puck to a lesser extent recently. That's exactly. somewhat been amended, but those other two, fucking, it's a grievance. Well, there's, I mean, they're they're tertiary is what it comes down to, and Farnese sure. is a little bit, you know, she is. They were at one point they were all equals. Actually, at one point Serpico looked like he was the guy, like he was yeah. the most interesting of oh, the yeah. of the club there, and now he's yeah. sort of fallen. And maybe this is just ebb and flow, and it's the fact that you know, like yes, Skull Knight hasn't said anything in ten years. Yeah. That this stuff feels more significant than it is if you're just reading through on the page. Like, you know, it's just not Serpico's time right now. Right, I so, considered that too. I think that's yeah, because in Vertanis, you know, he was a hot potato. He was. He oh was, man, yeah. yeah when oh, he yeah. Uh, when he meets them underground, it's like he was fucking driving the story. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. whoa, he's the villain. And when <laughs> he came yeah, back, he had that heroic, like you know, catching Farnese, like really dramatic looking. That moment. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. So and he'll when... he'll have his time again, or yeah, he'll you... die. And, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think yeah I don't think he'll die but They're yeah he bridge him to... for Farnese to get angry and use dark magic. <laughs> well, guys, when I was making my notes, I definitely did not reserve twenty minutes for Serpico. Um, but um, over the course of this transition from Farnese to Serpico, we're talking about them. Uh, Azil, you mentioned something interesting, and I wanted to talk about it a little bit. You know, using magic as an adult. And I think it's some of the students that mentioned that, like, oh, she's an adult learning magic. Isn't that, you know, they don't say these words. Only, but, only younglings can learn magic. Right. The, the implication is that it's harder for an adult to learn magic. And I wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Because like, it's a small little thing. It just They're establishing some ground rules. But that ground rule is related to things we've heard before. Like when the world started changing, when Femto became flesh again. Mm-hmm. So the children were the first to see it. Like they were the first ones to have the perception of uh, the uh, the astral creatures that were emerging, right? And also, we know that as uh, you live on the continent more, at the very least, you know, the human mind becomes more rigid and incapable of seeing things if you live in a civilized society, things like that. So, like, I feel like what they're saying now about an adult learning magic being more of a challenge is it is at least has some grounding and some things we've heard about yeah. that in the past. So I thought it that makes, was cool. It makes sense. And yeah. Well, and also in Farnese's case, and like you know, I love Shirke's sort of cocky look when they're telling saying, "How did you, how did you do it?" You know, and she's <laughs> just like, "Well, you know, we uh, we, we've been through some stuff." Yeah, but, we've seen uh, some shit. Yeah, but also, I and this is going to sound a little unkind, but obviously, I have a lot of respect for Farnese in a weird way because of the kind of youth that she was, and because she's at such a young age became the captain. And this religious zealot where, you know, she her mind, in a way, didn't really mature 
the same way a normal adults would with you know everyday concerns and things you know she was almost she was off on some fantasy mm-hmm. anyway yeah. so in a, in a weird way she's almost like she was primed for this by the time she had sort of a maturing or an awakening she she already knew about demons and monsters and had seen all this stuff and that's actually what sort of spurned her spiritual awakening mm-hmm. so you know she might be a special point. case that way too that, that's a good point i i want to point out two things uh the first is that when uh farnese actually asked shiruke to teach her uh shiruke did, did tell us that uh magic is something you're supposed to learn uh from uh early on you know mm-hmm. uh, as a young person so it's not that wasn't totally new you know yeah but uh but it right. is it is a confirmation and you know, you get the feeling that uh, the, this kid on the island thought it basically was not possible or that she would really suck at it. And the second thing is that, uh, like you said, Griff, so I fully agree with uh, your analysis of her uh, character and, and everything like that. I also think simply being with guts, you know, and basically fighting monsters every night. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, that's got to, and it's, it's kind of like uh, what Shiruke says, you know, I mean, when you're in life of the situations every day, Mm-hmm. Uh, it's gonna, you know, force you to, to, you know, uh, be better and push you forward. And I think uh, it's basically what uh, Gatflin says as well to the students is that, you know, uh, actually practicing magic in real life situation, uh, concrete situations, it's not like doing it, you know, in the comfort of your uh, school and with no stakes at all. So it's pretty much like anything else, you know. Uh, boxing or you know whatever fighting or military or any skill when you do it in a real situation it's not like doing it in school so i thought that was interesting yeah it's also i mean honestly what does that school of thought remind you of to me it reminds me of guts like the way he became so powerful as he is is because all of his fights were you know on the battlefield he didn't have a formalized school of training (laughs) he was doing on the actual battlefield and when he's giving a he's not some some circus fighter Right. When, when he's giving Isidro some pointers, Isidro wants to do like a fancy move and, and Gus is like, that's cute, but is that going to actually work on an, in an actual battle? Is that actually a practical move or not? You know, or are you just inventing Isidro can maneuvers? finally learn from Casca. Well, yeah. we already saw him, you know, uh, yeah, try to get it in there because, I mean, that would be perfect, like uh, a match there. He's yeah. going to be doing backflips soon. <laughs> yeah, Guts will just be rolling as like, I've lost my shit. <laughs> uh, we want a good match anyway. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, one thing I found interesting is that throughout this whole thing, Morda does not seem, she seems pleased but not impressed. So it's interesting because at first, when she's first introduced, she seems like, I mean, you know, rash and reckless and, but she doesn't seem like super skilled, you know. She's not presented as being particularly skilled, even though she's older than the others. More reckless, but, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she's like the you know, Kuka uh, is basically almost scolding her. It's like, ah, oh, Morda, she shouldn't be doing that. But um, now it seems like you know she's older and she's also probably more skilled, like more advanced, you know, le- learnings than the other kids. So. Um, you know, I, I've been saying from the beginning that I think she would make a good rival for Shiruke, you know, uh, and I, I do think that would be the case. She's, she's basically, basically she's she's like carcass right now, the body language and everything. <laughs> yeah. And she's like the anti-Shiruke, you know, I mean, she's grown up while Shiruke is still a teen and, you know, uh, a bit awkward and she's got... 
that you know super cocky attitude and she's learned from the best you know in that thing well Shuke is more of a prodigy she's you know got more practical exp experience but she's very humble and uh you know uh, how to say not you know putting herself forward so i think it's gonna make for an interesting i don't know what situation is gonna be Morda, but gonna treat her like she's out from the woods you know basically oh that is, that's already been the case yeah <laughs> yeah but I think I think it's gonna come down to a contest between the two, and uh, and when Shuki wins, because she will obviously, uh, I think Morda's gonna have some advice for her, you know, as a kind of that's how I picture it anyway, as a kind of she I lost, was, and she's like I was once like you. Yeah, you should you know you should be proud of yourself, be more you know confident or something. I, I think uh, it's gonna be something like that. I think there's two things happening with Morda, and we don't get much. It's just, first. This is a chance for Shirke to actually prove herself that she's not just all talk, that Morda actually sees her ability, and she's actually a little bit impressed. So that's one step. The other thing is, I think Morda is is acting the way she is, and she has been for a while. I think we know is because she's bored on the island, and that she encounters these guys with actual battle experience out in the world, and that excites her, and she wants to see, you know, what that looks like or what that, you know, how that manifests in them. So I think she's excited by that, but also she just has a very bored demeanor around all these things. Like she's just sick of this. She's not with the group. She's up in the trees, you know, she's not among all the other students. Yeah. So she's separated herself. Yeah. It's that's right. She's, she's bored and she's also, I mean, she's at the age where, you know, she knows better than anyone about everything. And, uh, I'm, I'm really speaking like an old man here, so I feel, mm -hmm. I feel bad, but that's exactly what she strikes me as, you know, she must be like, I don't know, 16, 17, and she's, she knows everything, she wants to go out and do, you know, fight actual stuff, but I think, I don't but know, I has, think, and she's probably the most talented, but doesn't have any discipline because of that, because she doesn't, you know, yeah, exactly, her studies or face <laughs> a real challenge. And, and I think, I mean, it's easy to be cocky and confident when you actually haven't faced a, a challenge yet, which, you know, <laughs> Shirke has. So I think when it comes down to an actual challenge with life, you know, on the line, uh, Morda might not actually make it while Shirke will. And I think that will be interesting to see. Shirke uh, needs to give her, like, the old scarecrows, you know, don't mm. shoot back. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but I, I just find it comical that there's this, you know, presumably gifted magical student living on an island surrounded by elves, and she's, like, bored of it, and she wants to go back to the – she wants to visit the mainland, which well, is this goddamn, like, castle towns. I mean, yeah. not anymore, but you know what I mean. Like, the the life she has is spectacular. She's going to get a really warped view of what mainland life was like. Like, yeah. oh, my God, there's dragons and everything. Yeah. It's like, hey, well, it wasn't like this. A way to think about it is imagine someone of uh, Shuruke's skills uh, who was, you know, without, uh, you know, how, how do you say, non-scrupulous and living among humans. Mm -hmm. She could do whatever she wanted. She would be all-powerful. She would just hypnotize people to become, you know, a king or something. I mean, and, and if anybody fucks with her, she'd just unleash power and kill, you know, 5,000 yeah. people and be like, so what are you going to do now? So, I mean... Well, when you, yeah, when you think of it, you know, like that, you know, it makes sense for Mora to want to be, to go out in the field. Oh, there's some knight, he's pretty strong. Well, I'll just charm him with whatever and he'll just do my bidding. And once I'm tired of him, I'll just enchant an armor who's going to kill him and, you know, and so on and on. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, so 
Uh, Farnese is able to cast a barrier of the uh, four cardinal points. I always call it the four kings thing is what I've historically called it, but that's yeah. not the formal title. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> anyway, yeah. they're impressed by it. And um, I think they, you know, Gad quizzes her on, you say you're a new student. How long have you actually been training? And she says about three months. Uh, and they're blown away by the, the time frame in which she's able to manifest or create this, this so spell. Three first. Months. Yeah, so that dates it back to visualizing the apple. I think, mm-hmm. which was back in Britannus. Uh, <laughs> so that's a while. Three months, guys. That was, yeah, t- 2006 era for us. Uh, yeah, three months, 15 years. What's the <laughs> difference? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, time is relative. And yeah. apart from what Farnese is able to do, uh, you know, to get also, in, in, you know, implore Shiarke to demonstrate something that she can do, and she looks around and spots something you know, kind of hiding amongst the trees in the hollow of a tree, and she calls it out, uh, and it's this darkness entity. And I didn't actually know what was happening until I, I looked at. I saw that the, the fatty over here is holding a half-eaten apple. Oh, you and mean then the, Uder? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then the the shadow thing. I wish I had a name; it'd be easier. Kind of like puts itself all over him, and then whenever it leaves, the apple has been eaten. So it ate the apple kind of playfully, which I thought, oh, that's what it's doing. It's not possessing him, really. It's just kind of crawling all over him like it was like a reptile kind of thing, just to eat the apple. Yeah. Um, What's interesting about that guy is we, we actually were told before by Ed Forgotten is he's a, he specializes in growing stuff. You know, He's the one that had grown the pumpkins, and he He's oh. also got apple trees. That, that's his thing, you know, we, which it makes sense. You know, he's a fat guy. so It's he's, a little <laughs> on the nose, just a yeah, little bit. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit too <laughs> stereotypical. But yeah, apparently that spirit was, uh, I guess, jealous of seeing them play and, you know, eat all the time. So he just, you know, took that apple for itself. I do think it's cool. It's, it's another example of like what it's like to live among supernatural now, beings so casually. If, that's cool. If if Shirky had done the spell a little bit off, like would <laughs> when that shadow pulled back, would it have been like a skeleton? Yeah, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> the apple. <laughs> like, I hunger. Or like, oops. Oh. It would have been great if that just if that had happened. Like I'm visualizing a page now. <laughs> yeah. just a skeleton, and the scene proceeds normally. <laughs> so like, oh, you guys oh. have like a revive spell, right? Like final attack, <laughs> revive. No. That's oh. why Farnese asks about healing magic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's fun. Uh, I don't have a full translation of the ep in front of me. Uh, Azia was graciously provided first few pages of what we have, um, but I don't have the full thing. But based on the summary, of course, um, I think Ged um, talks about how the, the importance of practical experience and Farnese asks if she can, you know, transition or pivot over to learning some healing magic with the with the intent to, you know, help continue Casca's healing. And that's when Denon shows up to say maybe she can help with that, which is cool. Well, yeah, basically, um, so uh, get get Flynn offers for her to like continue her training there, and um, she's interested, you know, given Casca's situation, she's interested in uh, finding a way to use, you know, magic to help uh, heal Casca's mind. So and you know, get get Flynn says, well, you know, Diana's the expert here, so mm. you know, she can help you with that, and and that's uh, that's the thing. So which which makes sense again? I mean, helps. Elves are the, you know, paragons of healing in uh, Berserk, as we've seen for many, many years. And Danan is the one that managed to cure 
uh, or at least you know provided the vehicle to to cure Casca uh, from her illness. So it would make sense she would be the one who could teach Farnese more about it. Uh, what I found interesting about that is uh, it would mean that Farnese as a human will be learning oven techniques, you know. Mm-hmm. Not, so I'm curious on- what that might look like. Not only that, you're right about that. The technique itself would be interesting because it's not straight from a witch, which is presumably, you know, elven magic translated through to humans and then passed on by tradition, like which is what that way Shirka had learned. Um, but the fact that it's opening the door to actual training and what that might mean for the, you know, the duration of the story. Like, does that mean how how much training time do you guys expect to see here? Like, uh, I don't know. To me there's a potential for them to be scooting here in about a volume or so, you know, as we've been discussing. Uh, I think it's going to be like, we're going to get maybe a couple of check-ins. Like it could even be one really Mm. just to establish that they're doing it and that it's going on and that it happens. Yeah. I picture it going pretty quickly. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get like, you know, it's not going to have to be like, Oh, this is the volume of training. Year three. (laughs) Yeah. Farnese and the, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do a Potter book. I want to see them, you know, uh, lifting weights like uh, Stallone in uh, Rocky, you know, like (laughs) it's very hard to do a musical training montage in a comic book. So we'll we'll see what Mira can do. I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. I, I think we'll see uh, a couple of, you know, scenes showing that they are training, but it's going to be mostly skipped over. Uh, there might be like a, even a time skip. I don't know, saying, oh, it's been two weeks, but you've already done a lot of progress here. And it might we might get the, the fruit of it, basically, might be the, the main demonstration if they actually are able to, you know, this is foreshadowing in itself. Farnese wants to help Casca heal, wants to help her in guts heal. And, you know, we'll probably get to see that. Yeah, I agree. They wouldn't be opening the door if that was going to be a dead end. Exactly. And um, while, uh, I mean, someone in the thread was commenting that, you know, it would uh, mean that Farnese and Shirke will both go their own specialized ways, you know, with Shirke only doing, you know, summonings and Farnese being in charge of healing. Uh, I wanted to go go back to that because I, I think that's a good uh, party now. <laughs> yeah, I, I got mean, the I, balance. I, I think that's a, that's just a wrong perception of things because she's even dressed as a white mage. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing, so yeah, I was saying, um, Elves already providing the healing, and uh, yeah. Farnese knows like she she can do a few things. She can do the barrier. She's got. Uh, the serpents of thorns, you know, with a ring. Uh, she can do quite a few things. And Shurika has been doing many, many things as well. She's been preventing Guts from being, uh, you know, losing himself in the armor. She's, you know, done protection spells. Of course, the, the barrier of the focal little points. Uh, and she's done, among many of these things, some summonings as well. So I think it's the way it's going to keep going is that uh, Shurika will be doing many, many things, you know, from simple telepathy to other stuff. It's a big, you know, calling down on uh, astral spirits deep down in the astral realm. And uh, I think uh, why Farnese will be learning ways to help Casca, you know, get better. I think she also, that that won't be the only limit to her skills. At least that's how I see the story developing uh, in the future. 
Yeah, I think it's a misnomer to describe Shirke's like school of magic as just one fat one thing. As you said, she's done a lot of stuff. You know, even if you disregard the fact that you know she can communicate with spirits and you know interact with them in a, a number of ways that result in a, basically offensive magic. Also, diving into guts. You know, you know, what do you call it? Can even think of the word right now, but. Diving what into guts he, to, yeah, to she help him protects him from the art of the armor. Yes, exactly. And guiding him and, and helping him deal with all that, which is a totally, you know, there, there's a many, many ways she's applied her magic. It's not just in one direction. And I expect that to continue, you know, even if she does learn this extra specialization. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she's basically just what uh, Gatflin is proposing with the diamonds is that uh, she could learn to uh, communicate uh, and contact and pass contracts with uh, spirits that are different from the ones she's been using before. And uh, I mean, obviously the idea is that they would be more powerful or right. be able more to dangerous do, too. Yeah. Yeah. Be able to do different things. So we, we don't know much Maybe about she, them yet. She could call on something that'll make a God hand go like, Whoa, <laughs> where'd you get that? <laughs> well, the thing is, uh, I mean, uh, when Gethlin talks about it, so to to specify a bit what he says, uh, he says there are um, indigenous natural spirits that exist in deep astral territories, and then he specifies that they are not just astral beings. Some of them were humans, uh, that they were heroes when they lived, and among them were magicians. So, and, and then he specifies that the ones that helped her, uh, you know, dreams. Uh, must have been uh, one of uh, his old friends, so obviously mm-hmm. referring to Flora. So and then it shows Flora. So it's like, guys, it's Flora. Yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, that's that's what yeah, that's what Shurik is, you know, uh, yeah. thinking of. So what would be interesting, obviously, the promise of that is that Shurik will be able to call for Flora to help her in battle. And you know, I mean, I remember back in volume uh, 26 and 27, we were all. You know, a bit disappointed. It's like Flora shows this super badass wall of flames, and like Grandpa is like, "Oh, even me, a fire dragon, can just do." <laughs> and and you're like, "Damn, man, I wish I could see her." You know, like I remember, I think Griff has said so in the past. You know, we wished we could see her. The, the extent of her full power. You know, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I guess uh, you know, the promise of that is we'll be able to see it. So that, that's something to look forward to. And uh, But yeah, again, I, I don't expect that to be the only thing Shuke picks up uh, in her film or the only thing she'll be able to do in the future. So it's going to be interesting to, to look forward to that. And as for Farnese, I mean, she was still at the beginning of her training. So obviously, you know, anything she learns now is going to be new. So yeah, I find it interesting that she would try to pick up some skills from Danan specifically. Um, no, no doubt that will be very helpful in the future. Yeah, and it'll be something, it'll be an interesting way to differentiate the two of them and also to sort of show Farnese branching out and maybe getting more skilled in a type of magic that like Shirke doesn't necessarily, like she can't be the best at everything. You know, so she's more drawn to these, you know, these summoning spells and these contracts. And they noted how quickly she was able to, you know, recognize and get in touch with uh, with that being. Whereas maybe uh, we'll actually see Farnese able to, you know, teach the master someday, you know, by telling her to, you know, it, we'll see. We'll see what sort of wrinkles she learns. Well, you know, what, what, 
what's good is that I mean, so far Farnese had been learning for sure herself. Now she's learning from the you yeah. know, queen, of, queen of elves. So that's She'll, not that's not yeah. too bad a t-shirt, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty good. Well, it'll be interesting when they do these things where she could actually take the lead on something and sort of be like, well, you know, follow what I do to Shirke. That'll, that would be, you know, we'll see how Shirke feels about that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah she's right. I, I guess I should. I didn't know that. <laughs> no one taught me that. <laughs> yeah, that would be interesting. And I mean, just the idea is that uh, Shirke will be learning from Gethlin while uh, yeah. Farnese will be learning from Dana. And it's like, you know, each of them has got uh, their own, you know, personalized teacher. So that's, that's pretty cool. I don't know. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. Uh, with the interest, with the introduction of diamonds, there was some discussion about what that might mean for you know other characters later on. The focus right now is on Flora, and I, I think I'm interested in seeing what that interaction is like. Like, is it is it really going to be Flora, or will it be Flora as you know through the lens of a you know supernatural elemental entity? Now, you know what's what's that reunion going to be like for Shirke? I wonder, and um, how might Mira also expand the idea of diamonds beyond Flora? Because it seems it would seem strange to me if he introduced a whole new strata of astral beings and relegated it well, just to are Flora. The, I mean, like we could apply it. You could ask the question for almost any of these high-powered beings that we, you know, we don't necessarily have explanations for, or they're just their own thing right now. But maybe they also belong to some larger group. You know, as pointed out, how it could maybe be applied to how Skull Knight, you know, can exist as a being, you know, in that armor, you know, he could be a type of, you know, mm -hmm. at least some type of unique being in this way. I mean, obviously he is, but this could actually go a ways towards explaining how it fits in the larger world. I mean, it kind of also reminds me when you think of Flora and you see the picture of her in this episode again, is sort of like this, this elemental fire being, it makes me think of the, the God hands when they were reborn and not reborn, but uh, showing them at during the Fantasia transition or makeover where you mm -hmm. see them in their own realms. And it's like, are they kind of like that? Even if they're not diamonds, are they some sort of similar kind of, uh, of a being? No, I, I, so th without any evidence, my feeling is that the God hand are a way of tracing that kind of astral phenomenon. Like, you know, those kind of things exist. Let's make our own, you know, we, we've discussed that kind of concept before of replicating the power of the astral world in a way that's relegated yeah. just to humans. That's, that's, yeah, that's basically like enslaving it yes. for your own purposes. I mean, I don't yeah. know. That's just that's just like kind of squinting and seeing the broad direction Mira might be headed with that, and I can kind of see it, but I don't know what I would point to. I to think prove it. Uh, if I were to – I mean, I can give my thought on all these topics. Um, or also just extrapolating the latest thing we heard about, you know, to everything that came before. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, classic yeah. stuff. As far as uh, <laughs> as far as diamonds go, I think it won't be limited to Flora. Uh, regarding what you were saying, Walter, I think I think she'll still be Flora and she'll be able to talk to Shiroki mm. about their life together and stuff. But obviously, she's now become another kind of being. So and and you know, would she still be the same Flora? 500 years in the future I don't I don't think so I think right now like her human life is still fresh in her mind but obviously you know over time she would become something different uh, I think yeah obviously there's gonna be other ones and um, 
you know, I like the idea that they were heroes in the past. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's an interesting thing because you, you know, we were introduced to uh, famous knights, you know, people like Locus, Grunbelt, even Zod, you know, Nosferatu Zod, the famous mercenary that never dies on the battlefield. And so, you know, uh, the idea that Shirke could summon, uh, you know, spirits that were also heroes in the past, I, I find the idea interesting. Like, imagine they're faced with a, a bunch of apostles, you know, not necessarily the big ones, but a bunch of them, you know, 10 apostles. That's, that's tough to get through, even for guts. And then she calls, you know, for some, I don't know, some super guy from the past, you know, uh, yeah. and, and he takes them on. That, that's the kind of thing I could see happen. And, you know, in the past, so far, summons have mostly been uh, elemental uh, in nature. You know, we got the Lady of the Death. Uh, the Lord of Rotting Roots was specific, but, you know, he was like, you know, earth and water, that kind of stuff. We got the Flame Wheels that was related to the, you know, karma fire of the battlefield and that kind of, you know, war spirit. But all of them are kind of tied to elementals. Well, Whereas here, you know, these guys were, some of them were humans. And so it's going to, I think it opens the door to uh, more varied types of summons. In addition to that, it's it's also the ones you mentioned in the poor, before, the elemental beings that she's, uh, you know, tapped and have been a regional, have been re reliant on a regional, you know, uh, being. You know, all, all of those had a, a specific location she had to search around to find. If you recall, when she found Blaze Wheel, it was out of desperation because there was nothing there. It was a, a human city. She yeah. couldn't find another kind of spirit, so she had to tap into this, you know, karmic war thing. Yeah, uh, out of desperation. Whereas this is a universal type of thing, where this is a being that she knows exists and will come to her aid regardless of the scenario. So that's like the additional function of this kind exactly. of new astral being. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point, is that these guys were based, you know, locally, yep. and uh, because the diamonds are located deeper in the other worlds, they probably, presumably, can be, uh, you know, a call force uh, contacted from uh, anywhere on the world, so that would, you know, allow them to be used again. So that's an interesting thing. Uh, regarding the Skull Knight, so yeah, my idea was, I mean, it's just... I want to reiterate that it's just speculation for now, and it could turn out to not be the case. But we know that he's basically a human soul trapped in a magical armor. And uh, so it could just be that as he died, you know, we already got an explanation of how these things work uh, in, the, in volume 24. Uh, you know, the fact, you know, some spirits... Uh, linger in the, you know, in the interstice after death because they are still tied to the the material world and they don't want to go on. And, you know, my, my theory for the longest time is that he was just so pissed and stubborn and determined and so badass that he just refused to, to die and to join, you know, the great ocean of souls. And he just stuck around and that's how they managed to encase him his soul in, in that armor to prevent it from moving on. And uh, the concept of diamond could explain that, you know, uh, great heroes, people who are formidable in nature, uh, can not just dissolve and join the ocean of souls and just, you know, keep existing as their own thing. So that, was, that, that could simplify uh, the process for keeping him alive. At the same time, it feels kind of different. I mean, these oh, are yeah. people... Yeah. 
But he, he has screws on his armor. So, like, what is the thing inside? And is it ephemeral? Does it fade in and out of the astral, deep in the astral world? And that's where, that's where I have a problem with the idea. But I I agree. It's just a well, you know, high-minded speculation at this point. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's just, also, like, it's not that he's one of those, but it's part of... But maybe it's actually sort of in that same flow of magic. But at the same time, it seems like he wants to be more connected. Like, he he's still down and getting down and dirty mm-hmm. in the physical world. He's making, you know, he doesn't want to, you know, not only not transition over to becoming a purely ethereal being, but to even become some sort of higher, you know, like one of these heroes that becomes one of these, you know, elemental forces. He He's still got unfinished business. He, he's still making bets. Bad bets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's still, still fucking up. He's, He's, he's still, still at the racetrack. He's still fucking up the game. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, oh, shit. That's <laughs> but, right. I mean, to your point, I feel like it's not a coincidence just from the structure of this episode that Skull Knight's appearance in this episode is right after the, the diamond explanation. So I, I feel like they must be connected Diamonds somehow. Diamonds no, all forever. Grail, 100% Grail, <laughs> high five. That is, even though I just said I don't think it's legit, that's the only reason I would really like push it is the, t- the timing. Of this, I agree. That is somewhat suspect. Not suspect. Somewhat pushes the case forward Makes a little you bit. Think. Yeah. Makes you think. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I said, I mean, it's just speculation. The way I could see it go is that it could be used as an explanation. You know, like it's a kind of in between thing. Uh, where his, you know, spirit was so formidable, they're able to encase it in a magical armor after he died to, you know, preserve it in that world. Um, and I could also see it be not the case at all. And I could also see it, you know, be different. So it's just, yeah. but yeah, I, I think, I think there's probably, even if it's not directly tied to it, there's probably some relation, you know, in the, in the concepts. And, uh, as for the God hand, it's, uh, I think it's a bit different. Uh, like you said, it's more like they imitated the idea, mm-hmm. you know, and which is something, you know, we've, we've discussed it before, but when you look at the whole uh, League of Evil in Berserk, uh, they basically keep imitating stuff, you know, that came yeah. before to for their own goals. And I would say the main difference is that the God Hand, they are tied to uh, the human, you know, collective consciousness, you know, the hidden psyche of everybody. And that's why, you know, they have their own specific domains and things they cater to. But, yeah, I, I do think... Uh, They're basically deplorables. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I mean, in any case, uh, in any case, yeah, I could see them as being kind of related in, a, you know, like, like you said, inverted, uh, but, you know, uh, imitated, you know, fashion. So I, I think there's also something... Well, Remember when we there. saw the four, you know, elemental kings, as I still call them too, even though that's wrong. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's interesting, the the parallels we always see with these things. And the more we learn, the more it, you know, kind of ties into what yeah. we've seen before with them. But, oh, but maybe it's the reverse. This was first, and then they, uh, they're they aping it, basically. That's well, their... I, I think it also, so four elemental, elemental kings is actually correct uh it's just the name of the spell is different yeah. because oh, okay they are so they are the, the elemental kings but each element is related to a cardinal point so that's the thing it's like you know the 
I forgot which is which, but like the King of Wind is also King of the North and the one I, of Earth. King of the I South. can't keep it all straight. That's yeah, the I mean it's. Uh, I mean you know you should take take the uh, the Berserk uh, Wiz again. Yeah. I need to As a cool. test. Maybe I should take it myself. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. The thing is, it's I been a while. I, I still think I still think there's some merit to seeing the four kings as you know kind of opposites of the you know member of the good hand and because it was too on the nose with like the little fat one that's like I mean you know the earth one coming out of the ground and it was just like oh wow he looks exactly like Conrad you well, know, at, least, a... at least in profile. Yeah, and the thing is, they've also got like so each one has their own domain, you know, fire, yeah. fire, that kind of stuff. And again, I I do think you know it makes sense to see the God Hand as being kind of an imitation of that, you know. Yeah. Uh, even though it's you know. It's, this seems more appropriate though because it's tied to humans. So that's why that's the only reason I would say that, you know. Yeah, uh, well. Y- I it guess. It could also it could also just be the means to it though. Like this is how humans would do that. Well, uh, to tie back to what we talked about, I feel like two episodes ago on the podcast, you know, we had talked about each of the God Hand having their own domains and that we we are kind of all of us are kind of blurry about where those lines actually are. And do we want to really give Ubik an actual like name for what his domain is? But madness. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> it's hard to cast hard and fast rules on that. But if that does end up being the case. Then yeah, the parallel would be you know elemental, right? If it's a human-based you know overlords that is yeah. the god hand, then the parallel for that would be elemental-based overlords, which is the four kings. So that parallel does work. I think you know what's beautiful about Berserk is I think it's kind of half and half, you know, and uh, I I think you know there will be we will have to see for the diamonds honestly. I think it's too early to tell. Because it will probably also depend on what Mira wants to do with it. You know, I think he's got a pretty good idea at this point, but uh, you know, it's gonna depend on how he wants it to go, and maybe he's gonna have an idea five years from now. Yeah. You know, for episode uh, 361. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and yeah, and and so that will be how it's defined. You know, I mean, before we got the. Uh, the blaze will, you know, I didn't think, you know, that kind of, uh, you know, elemental summon would be possible. And I guess he just, you know, decided it was. So, so that's I, it. I guess, though, I wonder if you saw a diamond from a distance, if it might look like an angel, you know, wrecking a capital city as well. If there were maybe four of them, maybe five of them eh, doing it. Ah. Eh, not bad, not bad. Um, um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead, Zeal. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think it's a, it's a, it's a good point. It's complicated. I'm not sure, like, would uh, four diamonds be, you know, uh, someone that wants to destroy the city? It's a... Uh, no, no, that my, my, no, come on, come on, we'll go back to Walter's canon here, is that they were, <laughs> they were helping. <laughs> People thought they were destroying it. Those uh, are that's, that's, yeah. that's been my thing all yeah. along. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe that's uh, that's also something that's so up in the air and could go so oh, many fucking ways. fucking of course. Let's go back to 2001. We're making the same basic ideas. This is new terminology. <laughs> it's pretty like much bullshit. no difference. Yeah. So, uh, Speaking yeah. of traveling in the past, I just guys, I just finished my time machine and I'm gonna go uh, one week into the future, and this is gonna help us because I can go read the comments for this podcast thread real quick. And the first five are saying, 
one hour and you didn't mention Skull Knight's missing spike? Really, guys? Oh, yeah. Really? I already really forgot about that. We're burying yeah. it. We're burying <laughs> we're, the lead. We're hiding this. It's a cover-up. I want to talk about guys doing uh, overhead swings first. Go for it. <laughs> well, I mean, I just think it's uh, it's nice, and it's something we said in the thread also, that uh, he's doing this to clear his mind, you know, just exercising. Yeah. to, And it's something he's done in the past, especially, you know, in Volume 5, when uh, he sinks back after, you know, Casca uh, told him off, said it's his fault, you know, the famous... Samanoseda, you know, when she says it's his fault. I, uh, I have a topic as well. Those birds in the background, do you think those are seagulls or could they be a <laughs> yeah. different kind of bird native to the island? Just <laughs> seagulls, oh, definitely. Okay. All right, I then like I guess that. we're talking about the spike. <laughs> I do like that, that shot, though, on the cliff. And I'll tell you what, is uh, it's, it's, it's my own fault that I did this to myself as a child, but I can't look at this training by a cliff and not think of Karate Kid 3. And that's, oh my God. I, I did that damage to myself. Oh, uh, wow. But, yeah. I cannot believe you actually saw Boss Karate Kid 2 and 3. I mean, so it's just... I actually uh, I read the novelization of Karate Kid 3 uh, for a yeah. book report when I was in uh, third grade. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> wow. I can probably dig that up. <laughs> oh, curious. my God. Yeah. I'm not curious at all. It's a really do bad. Not, do don't do watch not dig it up. Don't watch it. Sorry. So yeah, He's going to be a... like the evil rich asshole that's just like <laughs> harassing a 30-year-old teenager. <laughs> Skull Knight is the Cobra Kai boss. I would, I would bet. <laughs> so yeah, so Skull Knight tells Guts, you know, what he said. We said at the beginning that you know, at the end of the journey, it's not just beautiful things in front of his eyes, and he's missing a spike. And people were uh, saying, say, "Oh, oh, he threw a spike at Slan." And uh, yeah, we, we know he, <laughs> yeah, we know he used that, but. But that's the thing. The spike regrew. It fixed itself because his armor is magical. And, you know, when he fought with Zod at Flora's mansion, he also got, you know, a clothes, uh, claw marks on his shield because, you know, Zod has got clothes and he's very strong. <laughs> so those left a mark. But his shield was also magically fixed. And so the question is, hey, was that a mistake? Was some assistant mistaken? And just he checked, you know, volumes... You know, 26, and it was like, hey, he's missing a spike. I'm going to do it in. And uh, my yeah. answer is no. I think Mura draws the Skull Knight himself. He does not like the assistants touch it. The assistants do the little, you know, trees in the background. That's all they do. And uh, and I think uh, the fact he's missing a spike means he's used one recently. So how recently is a question, but I believe that means uh, here comes trouble, and it <laughs> comes soon. I, it's just to, it just means he's used it since volume 34 i mean that's my, my yeah there. but i mean i don't know i you know i mean it's it's foreshadowing something he's not gonna say oh he has his spike yeah he used it to you know kill a mouse you know it was he killed, yeah, a, 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 he killed a he killed a sea turtle on his way there for yeah. lunch <laughs> one of the seagulls shot on my arm all let me tell you i got it real good with my spike he threw yeah. it at a rabbit in the first episode and he, ch and he cooked it up yeah, so, I mean, that's so I, I think he used it, you know, on something, and that something uh, will have to be, yeah, probably dead or wounded. <laughs> but, like I told, so Griffiths and I were talking about this earlier, and I said, you won't be laughing when uh, Conrad shows up and he's got a spike planted in the face. Out of his head. 
Oh, so, yeah. He's going to he's only he's going to be doing his little, you know, visions on people with only one eye from now on. So, uh, it's not going to work said, as well. I said Conrad and not Oh, you, you said Conrad, not Ubik. Well, his eyes are already closed for the yeah. I, I think yeah, it's no all loss. every in every panel but one his eyes are closed. So, yeah. now it's really squinting shut. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I say Conrad because he's got uh he hasn't got gotten much you know uh showtime so far in the series so i feel like you know it would be i mean that's a real thing so let, let's talk about this real quick uh i think conrad? i mentioned the real thing we're talking about conrad yeah i mean i, I mentioned it before about a member of the god hand attacking the island why okay. not that would be cool i don't know you don't want to talk about that um no um, yes. I just don't. I don't know why it's necessary. I guess it's not. It's not. Oh, you're it's still. Uh, not. None of this is necessary. It's a story. It mm. <laughs> could just be anything. <laughs> but uh, just, you gotta just drop. Okay. Would the God Hand be doing that independently? I mean, yes. No, they work. They work together. I guess what I'm saying is like I feel like there's so much shit going on right now. Throwing a dropping Connie from the sky. I think I you you still owe me a flip flop for that Zod guts uh-huh. fight on the Hill of Swords. <laughs> I still haven't gotten it, so you know you don't pay your de- debts. I don't think you can talk on this matter. Well, you uh, would obviously not necessarily be right right next episode, but I do think so. Let's let's see. There needs to be action on this even, island. Even if yeah, it, like this is an action series, so it's like you better hope it's the God Hand, otherwise uh, Skull Knight's gonna be like. There's giant rats under the cave. We have to go get them. You know, it's you, like you oh. need to to get me twenty giant rat cells in order for me to <laughs> give you this you. new improved sword. I got this new sword for you. This oh. magical axe. No, he needs no. to go get mats. He needs to get some mats to improve his spike or yeah. fix his spike. Bat, bat wings or whatever. No, I I, I do. So they need to. There's gonna be some action, and there could be any number of things on this island. You know, like we know since the. Uh, Last of the Astro Awards, things have changed. That could be well, uh, any number also, of things. The the Moonlight Boy could be on his way. Uh, why? That's, yeah, that's, I got that's, it. That's I why I kind of, of the sky. <laughs> that's why I kind of push at it because, like, I feel like we already have a really big story-based climax coming, and a God Hand would be like a left hook out of nowhere, basically. You like, mean a the, separate uh, God Hand? Mura Mura yes. has never pulled something out of nowhere before. Never. Like it's not like they were just going in the cave to get Cascan Farnese from the trolls and Slan showed up. That's know? true. So yeah. I I mean I mean my point is there might be any number of things, including other, you know, things to deal with independently oh, and before. Minute. But the okay, go ahead, Griff. <laughs> You're gonna regret that. Okay. <laughs> if, I, am, uh, I am regretting that. Yes. Uh, if you don't want to talk about it possibly being a god hand or an incoming danger, there is always the other possibility that Mira is, you know, like drooling onto the paper that he's <laughs> writing on. You know, even though he's doing it digitally now, isn't that like another, you know, the dominant theory on Reddit? Um, wait, I'm dumb. Really lost. What are we talking about? Okay. The, he's the, talking about the spike. He's saying. Yeah, the might. reason for the lost spike. If it's not like you know present uh danger you know or incoming oh. danger oh 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 oh! if you're saying if the missing spike is not incoming danger it's a mistake no i'm not saying it is Damn that it. but i'm saying that would be the other topic of conversation you know to yeah. have on that subject yeah, i don't I mean, actually I mean, want to get into that you know i was already I, you know as and i were joking about it privately is you know guts uh, or mira's new assistant joe biden was drawing so, skull knight oh, you know? <laughs> fucking it. 
okay, okay, Walter, let me put it another way. Uh, so the spike, there's a spike missing on two panels here, uh, rather prominently in the last one. Is there? What? Yeah. Okay. I mean. Go on. So the, are you saying the spike is not missing? I'm just fucking, I'm just busy. Okay, I'm, I'm at this point, I'm confused. So I was going to say, if it's not foreshadowing something, why do you think it's, it's not there? Do you think it's just there for no reason? You're asking me. I'm on, I'm on the side of, I agree with you. I think it's okay, missing because okay, he cool. used it, but I don't think he necessarily used it. Since we saw on, on, on Conrad, okay, okay, I get it. But uh -huh. so it's let just me, for Conrad, though. Let me get back to my uh, to my uh, member of the good hand idea. So okay, I will regret this because it's just a far out idea. I'm just bullshitting about, but I like it because I think right now on the island, there was a point for this is they've got everything. They've got the four gurus. They've got Danan. They've got the Skonite guts and everybody. Everybody's uh, there. You told so, me this. Yeah, so it's like the ideal situation for to take out a member of the God Hand because they're fucking super strong. And if, you know, one of them, I don't know, came to the island to fuck it up and they managed to beat him, but just by the skin of the teeth, that would prove a point that these guys are really, really, like, really strong, which we already know, but it would be a nice demonstration of it. And if you remember... Mira has hinted that we would be seeing more of the good hand, you yeah. know, 10 years ago or something. Well, I was, forgot. It was 2011, yeah. Yeah. So. By 2037, we're going to see a lot more god hand action. So, <laughs> and Soon. You know, the actual real reason for it is I just think it would be cool to see, like, all these super powerful magic users and the Skonite and everybody gang well, up on, on totally. one of the bad guys. I agree with you. It's just that in my head... I've funneled that towards what's going to go down with Femto as well. Now, are they going to behead Femto on the island? No. But I think the boy could arrive, could transform into Femto right there, you know, within an episode or two, whatever it happens to be. And they do have that showdown here. And that counts as a god hand. It also demonstrates the power of the people on the island. And then Femto just ha 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 cackles as he leaves and then, you know, whatever. But. I, I could have beat you at any time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> do you think i mean i'm not a manga writer i i don't know do you think i'm I'm not convinced uh the boy would transform into femto you know i mean i'm not saying he wants to it's I'm like how saying. many how many transitions or transformations does griffith have like you know i, I, I mean the, the, we know a, yeah we know at least two the idea, you know, behind that the boy is that uh griffith is not in control you know the boy takes over Right. I'm aware. Uh, this, is this is consistent with my idea. And that the boy also might lose control. Well, yeah. I mean, if he stayed for a long time. Mm, yep. but, Bingo. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess if you... Also, also, the last episode established... No, sorry. 258 to this point? I can't remember. When we last saw Griffith in uh, Falconia, it established that he is fully aware of when the moment happens. Yeah. So... I'm just going to say Griffith, knowing Griffith, uh, might find a way to uh, get around that problem, at least temporarily, by forcefully well, manifesting as Femto. I, I also think that feel like it. it could, you know, in a way, like, can the spell be kind of broken? Like, can mm -hmm. he be forced out? Like, would Skull Knight sniff it out immediately? Yeah. Knowing, so. knowing more than the rest of them know, would he be like, oh, holy shit, you know, that's your kid, I, that's I, Griffith, I, <laughs> that's Fento. I, I don't think uh, I don't think the Skonai would be the one. I think it would be either Danan or Gedflin, honestly. So oh, be yeah, like, they, would, they would be more likely to just immediately sense and accurately yeah. 
like what's wrong with this person, whereas for Shirke, it was just like, oh, this is weird. See, all of this is so much more compelling to me than just Conrad. Like, there's just there's way too many well, levers that Femta would pull it, versus it, Conrad. Yeah, Az and I were bullshitting a couple of things. My my more middle way stuff is either he, sh- you know, if if it even comes up, it would be funny if he just has that missing spike and then he it randomly comes back later, which would just lend fire. Yep, you know, me fuel too. to the fuel to the mistake fire. But it could also be, you know, like. It's a jungle out there, you know? It's like even getting to the island, it's a challenge even for someone like Skull Knight now. You yeah, know, that like cool. mm-hmm. you know, like there's sea gods out there. It's not just stuff you can, you know, blink at and you're slicing it in half with your sword. So it could be that. Or, you know, the other my my fan <laughs> my fan geek out, you know, scenario was he basically is coming to guts to be like Hey man, I was just taking on a god hand, and I could use I could use some help, bro. And they're gonna they're gonna go out and you know either take the whole team, or you know basically it's, this, is, this is Skull Knight. Skull Knight has Skull Knight has hamstrung it. He's wounded it in the forest. He's just sitting there <laughs> yeah. waiting for them to come back. Well, he's just pointing we need to out to go right like, now. He's like, hey man, I was trying to take them on on my own, and I you know I just I don't have enough you know, but I I know one guy who would be perfect you know, mm-hmm. and it's like then the, uh, yeah that would be awesome, but uh. Walter, now I was just saying, Walter, let let me ask you something about your idea about Femto. uh, So there's Guts and Casca, Casca's Ringer of Self, Zane Hellfilm, which is, you know, like the anti-batsing place. And in that situation, Femto would be able to overpower the boy and, you know, face off with everybody. Sounds good. I'm I'm with you. I love it. Yeah, so at that point, uh, what's 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 the end game then? They, they go to Fatonia and what? They, they put on a fucking full court press against Femto, uh, and, yeah. and then he, he leaves cackling into the sky. Okay, saying, but uh, wait, then okay, switch Femto with Conrad. It's just as good, if not better. No, it's not just as good. <laughs> you know, it's not. <laughs> uh, yeah, t- I, me, I guess I agree. Is, but <laughs> my point is, uh, then at the end of the the story, when Gus and Casca face Femto again. You know, like my predominant idea is that the boy is the reason they're special and will be able to take down Femto. But if you say Femto can just, you know, counteract that and it's no big deal for him and actually he's smarter and he's, uh, he's you know, well, planned it and everything. Then, it was then all part of my plan pause, from pause, before pause, I was guys. born. What did the boy do to Femto on the Hill of Swords? He prevented him. He uh, momentarily he forced him. He forced mm-hmm. him to protect Casca from danger. There's no reason it can't go both ways. Well, well, he would seem to be dominant in that scenario. So he, I think he momentarily. Let me, strings to let make that me explain some. So let me repeat what I said. At the end of the story, when Guts is faced, you know, facing Femto, yep. why does Guts prevail? Because he's got a magic amulet. What's what's the reason well, he wins? <laughs> no, we're it's, not we're not saying anything different. I'm saying that the boy is possible just because just just like Femto does not have absolute control over his body uh-huh, because of the way uh-huh. his vessels fuse and all that nonsense. So so he's just Likewise, he's, it works the other stro- way around too. He's just a stroke of luck that uh, well, Femto doesn't immediately kill Guts at the end of the story then. It's just because at that time maybe it the can boy be a, can... it can be a power struggle. Yeah. Like maybe there's gonna be you know maybe it's not just gonna be a one way. I think what Walter's all he's saying is it's maybe it's not just a one way street. Right. And while it's that like doesn't mean yeah, yeah, so that doesn't mean yeah. Femto is gonna counteract it, but it no, could no. be something where you know yeah it's gonna if be the boy flexes, in the balance. If the boy flexes, he can manifest his power. 
And I'm saying if Femto flexes, perhaps he can manifest his power too. I think that would be a new like wrinkle in that whole relationship. Yeah, but you know, you're saying it's not just manifesting. It's like transforming back into Femto and having full control and full agency. You know, it's there's a difference between, you know, the boy making Griffiths move. That's true. Yeah. And like it's not he didn't transform into a boy at that time. And I it's hope like this this happens literally so we can get really gross shots of Griffith going like, ah, tearing me <laughs> apart. And like, looking, looking hair like keeps the, falling out. Well, yeah. He's like looking like the thing half transforming yeah. into Femto, half transforming <laughs> into the boy. So, Even the, you know, it'd be great. Just really I gross. Think, I, you know, so to get back to discard the Conrad ideas, that's just more like fanciful, but to get back to the boy thing, I, I, I do think there's going to be a, Oh shit moment where, you know, when Ged or Dan or whatever say, oh, guys, I don't think you people understand, like, who is it that's standing in front of us. Mm-hmm. But I don't think, you know, Femto is going to erupt out of the boy and be like, you know, what up, losers? Uh, which one am I going to fuck up first? And just, you know, he's just going to crush Ged Flynn into a pulp and be like, okay, you be next. Don't uh, fuck with me. Skull Knight's so, going to draw his sword and he'll one say, thing, don't bother. I mean, it's all part of my plan. And Skull Knight will slink away. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that, that had, uh, we'd speculated about before uh, is that, for example, uh, Griffiths could use the knowledge he gained uh, from the boys' travel to the island to send some apostles over using a gate. You know, that could be another idea, you know, something like well, that. I don't know. Also, That's what I had imagined, actually, is like a kind of a repeat of Flora's mansion, but under different circumstances. This time, the bad guys get fucked up. Well, yeah. It's the other thing we, I feel, like, I feel like we've said it a couple times now, and that is that the boy makes Griffith basically <clears throat> forcefully disappear from Falconia. Sonia realizes it, follows him in some way, True. sees Falconia, doesn't know what's happening, but opens a gate for apostles to come, quote unquote, rescue the missing Griffith. And that's what Ap- launches an assault on Elton. Apostles and Mule. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And Foss, Mule's too. Mule's just hanging out. Foss is on a horse. <laughs> yeah, really well, small okay. Horse. You don't we'll like the, the Conrad fantasy. What if it was a void fantasy? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm switching oh, yeah. teams. Yeah, now you're like, that's <laughs> oh, that's my, my aphrodisiac right yeah. there. Okay, yeah. I, I, I picked I picked Conrad on random, but yeah, it could be any one of them. And but really, like, here's all I want. Like, I don't really care who assaults the island if it even happens. I, genuinely, my heart doesn't necessarily move one way or the other. What does move my heart is Skull Knight realizing who the boy is and drawing his sword. Like, that's all I want to see. Like, that's yeah. the moment I want to see. The yeah. rest of it. And then he's just like, I told you, you should have killed yep. it. <laughs> I want that moment to happen. Well, and then who's going to stop him? That's that's fucking, my question. Because fucking, I, I think I know. <laughs> he's uh, standing on a cliff doing the, the crane right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's I guess my, we did that's my little. This. That's my little man right there. <laughs> You're not gonna touch him. <laughs> He's my special friend. Um, he, I guess we did end up talking a lot about the spike because the spike opened that door to all this. Um, well, what's for sure, I think you know, just to finish on the spike, what's for sure is it's at least as far as I'm concerned, is it's not some random thing, some mistake or agreed. something. It's it's it hints at something that will be revealed later on. So it might just be like Griff said, might just be you know. The war's dangerous. I had to use it or whatever. It might be something bigger, but in any Probably case. Probably bigger. 
Yeah, I mean, my, my feeling is that Mura does not put things in the story for no reason. So it's gonna be it's gonna be something serious, some things that warranted the Scarlet throw a spike. Uh, we'll we'll see what it is. You know, maybe next episode, maybe three episodes from now. Who knows? I hope it does get addressed, uh, and I hope it doesn't not get addressed. Um, he but yeah, he will. I, I, I'm with you. Will. I agree. It's he is a guy that pays a lot of attention to details. And for something like that to go unnoticed would be extremely I mean, surprising. It'd be and worrisome. It, yeah. And it's very, it's honestly very deliberate. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no doubt it's, uh, it's there for a reason. So, yep. yeah. So, yeah, it's a bummer we don't get another up, but I can't say I'm like shocked or anything. Um, what again, do we, what do we think the estimation will be? Like when will it come back? I don't know. It could be anything. I, I, I mean, shit. But uh, do we think it could be as soon as like you know the next time, or could it be six months, or you know, uh, hopefully not longer? I don't think it will be six months. Uh, I honestly maybe think three months. It, I think so, it might be June. I think it might be June or July. Yeah. I will say that if you look at the past four releases, it went like this. Are you ready? I know you study this. I do actually. I'm a scholar of releases. 357, August 24th. 358, April 26th. 359, August 23rd. 360, April 24th. This is a bi-yearly series. Yes. <laughs> the past four episodes have been August, April. August, April. Now, there's no fucking pattern. I will, I will tell you, as a scholar of releases, there's yeah. no pattern. It's all bullshit. But I'm just saying past four have been in a se- a kind of sequence so jesus at least we're at least august is ahead of us i would have been really upset if it was like this was the august one it's like what <laughs> but it's safe to say that Duranki will probably be coming out next rather than berserk well yeah Duranki's already got a date yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, Duran case so far, it's uh, it's like it's not like uh, the publication is uh, you know, random. It's every two months, whenever uh, Young Animal Zero comes out, Duran is in it, uh-huh. and I think uh, Mura is making sure that that pace is uh, kept. For Berserk, obviously, it's more complicated, but yeah. I do think, and and I mean, we should not. Let's not overlook the fact, just like the coronavirus uh, crisis right now. So right. obviously, Mura, I mean, it doesn't change much from Mura's perspective because he's, you know, just stayed at home and work on drawing manga in any case. So well, there's he, no difference for him. He directly but, commented on it in his in his comment. He basically implied. Yeah. And, and what, what's funny is he, his comment is literally what I predicted it would be uh, to Puella. You know, I told her, hey, you know, it makes no difference to Mura. He's basically a Hihikomori, you know. It's just, it's like just stay at home and draw manga. It's, that's exactly what he commented. Yeah. So, uh, that was pretty funny. But, I mean, it's not so much. Uh, it's just because it's so predictable. He, it's what he's been saying for, like, 25 years in uh, Young Animal comments. So, really no surprise there. I mean, it reminded me of the time he said, because she was worried, you know, she was saying, oh, what if he catches it and falls sick? And I was like, well, first, he's rich, so he'll get good treatment. And second, he once said he just subsisted on calorie mates for like three months or something mm. until like he couldn't take it. His stomach couldn't in, take it He's anymore. invincible. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, he's basically, it's like he just, you know, eating canned food, you know, for three he's months. Like a, he's, like, he's like a cockroach. <laughs> he's not going to, he's not going to succumb yeah. to this. I mean, but well, he's a, you know, he's like these guys, you know, it's kind of like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, the kind of guys that just wears the same. He's got 20 times the same T-shirt and, and pants yeah. 
and he's not gonna sings. be he's not gonna be cracking that he can't go out to the beach yeah he's just yeah. He, he's he's optimized his life to do one thing and one thing only which is to draw manga and he's just drawing manga continuously and that's it you know and that's like so, but yeah, I mean, you know, all that to say that I do things that might affect the release schedule because the assistants might not be able to come to the studio, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah, maybe that's that's true. I don't actually know. Yeah. How that would. Yeah. That's just, a, that's a good point. His assistant. That being said, the last time Mira mentioned his assistants in the proximity of Berserk is that I don't let them touch my stuff and I need to fix that about myself. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, what the other thing is, um, I think it was our uh, Heiji had said that Young Animal is altering their release schedule uh, in the wake of coronavirus to basically stack their issues on top of each other. So they'll come out monthly and two issues each month, but it doesn't it doesn't change the release date for the second issue. So basically both issues would come out on the same day uh, instead of separated by two weeks. Yeah, that might also be uh, something, by the way. I mean, I'm just really randomly commenting here, but maybe uh, Young Animal staff decided that they would, you know, uh, push, you know, the Berserk release back just because they want to do, you know, one, you know, magazine issue and, you know, skip one, do another one, you know. Oh, that's actually, dude, that's actually not a bad point. Um, the episode ends with Suzuku, uh, which just means it's continuing. Right, and and generally they would have a date, or it would be sometimes sometimes the next issue. But that hasn't happened in like six years. But if it comes out monthly, normally there'd be a date. But yeah, maybe I don't know. It's possible to come back in a month. It's possible. Normally they'd drop a date right there if that was the case. But now what I was saying is that it's not gonna come out in May, but. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, it might be June, you know, that's, that's what I was saying is that okay. maybe, maybe the staff has decided that they would just alternate, like usually they skip, you know, the first, uh, release of the month is just monthly now. Right. And maybe because it became bi-monthly, it's like, yeah, we're just going to stick to what we're doing. You know, maybe having, I don't know, uh, Marsh comes in like a lion in, uh, in the other issue or something. I even don't know what other series they're publishing anymore, but same. Yeah, basically just trying to make sure they've got one Berserk issue, the other one as it has that other series, so that they can keep their sales up. I don't know. I am I'm just I'm just moving forward two pages past the Berserk episode in the uh, digital edition of Hawkinson Show's Young Animal, and on page three of whatever the next uh, series is in Young Animal, there is a a kitten resting on a lady's cleavage. And that's the that's the focus of this episode. So good to far. good to know that things are continuing as normal. Yep. <laughs> and now two ladies are rubbing their cleavage together, and there's yep. a kitten is falling between mm. them. So very nice. Classic, yeah. classic young animal. Classic so. young animal. Well, you know, it's uh, young adult literature, so this is gonna be cleavage and kittens. <laughs> yeah. It's it's actually funny because you know going back to young animal zero. So I know this is kind of unrelated, but you know. When uh, Young Animal RC uh, was cancelled, and RC was more about, you know, hot ladies that kind of stuff. Uh, and Mira, he's been saying in the past that he misses, you know, fighting manga. You know, that's that's something he likes. You know, he likes fighting series, obviously. And Young Animal Zero is dedicated to this kind of, you know, action series. And I wonder if he did not. Uh, have a role to play, you know, in pushing that forward. The idea of doing a magazine that's only about fighting series, as opposed to, you know, the kind of stuff Movies you'll find in Young Animal. 
Well, you know, they've got also fighting stuff, but they also have the sexy ones. I'm doing air quotes as I speak. So, uh, yeah, so I think I, I wonder if he wasn't uh, the one that pushed that idea and also got roped in to do Duranki because, you know, well, since you're full of ideas, you're going to do that. Okay. Put your money where your mouth is. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, you got I a mean, suggestion, huh? Oh, you got a suggestion. I got a suggestion. Get to fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably it's probably a mix of those things, you know, with him being asked what he thinks would be successful, giving his idea, you know, having you know these these ideas for a new series, and people be like, hey, you should do one for that, and he'd be like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. We've kind of you know strayed far from the original. That's point. cool. I'm I'm still going through Young Animal, and the March comes like a lion. It's only an eight episode or eight page episode. That's a weird format for an episode but wow what do well, i, I mean, know i don't follow that series uh, umino chica's uh you know she's uh big time now so oh. she can do what the fuck she wants I oh the title is anime yet. March of I. she also doing she's also doing spin-offs now too oh, i mean damn damn rolling rolling in it <laughs> Um, clearly we're beyond, um, the topic at this point and that's cool. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, thanks for listening. If you've listened this far and, uh, we'll be back soon to talk about Berserk whenever uh, we gather again, but thank you. And we will check you later. See you next time. Bye. 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 And yeah, since I guess all of us, except for Grail, unfortunately, are playing the FF7 remake, I guess we should allot some time to talk about that. Um, Grail, you were telling us a little bit about your experience with it. And actually, I, I didn't notice until you guys were mentioning it, but it's an, it's a PS4 exclusive for a year. I actually didn't even know it was coming to PC or other consoles, but apparently it's coming to PC too. That's great. It, it looks great even on a stock PS4. Uh, honestly, it looks beautiful. It's a really pretty game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. If you haven't read my posts in the thread, um, I've kind of been hanging back, waiting for others to catch up. And at this point, Azil has passed me. So uh, I need to catch up now. I'm only about <laughs> 22 hours in. I'm right before a, uh, a big, uh, tall structure. That's where <laughs> I am right now. The pillar. Pillar, if you will. That's yes. where I'm at. So what do you guys think so far? Um, I don't want to dominate it but like i will say that i had no expectations for this game they were pretty low after the demo i was like i can i could kind of get behind this and it's kind of making me look at the game in a different light and i've already said i have a lot of baggage with ff7 it didn't blow me away back in the day although i had a lot of hype for it and this game is allowing me to kind of like clear Only all that one out. of the greatest games of all time i mean no yeah. big deal okay yeah. game so, but, um, actually, oh, come on. You can't say it. So I can't let you say it's an okay game. I mean, uh, Oc- Ocarina of Time was pretty good. I mean, it's a tough three Zelda game. Yeah, let's... let's uh, so in Europe, as you know, uh, we got no Final Fantasies before Final Fantasy VII. So it's the first Final Fantasy I played. Wow. And uh, it is very dear to my heart. And... That's something about this game is that, you know, I mean, I, you, you know, I, at the time I played it and I got to the end of the Midgar section, I was like, well, you know, I guess it's kind of short, you know. <laughs> and then, then you realize, no, actually, you just passed the introduction. I was like, what the fuck? And, you know, I mean, 
And that's, that's, you know, something that stayed with me. And also the fact it's a very, very, very big game, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, at the time I did everything, got all the materials to maximum, you know, power level or whatever. So did you get yeah. Vincent to do 9,999 damage? Cause he always did like 9,997 to me or whatever. Oh, God, <laughs> I, no, I, I do not remember. What I can tell so you is nine, that nine, I, nine, six. I, I beat the, uh, I think the armored weapons, the underwater one, I built, I, I killed yep. it without the uh, underwater breathing materia because I, I, I don't know. So I just, I just beat it within the time limit. I beat him only using healing spells. It was, <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, wow. So <laughs> anyway, I never replayed the game since then because I spent so long on it. And, and so basically I only have very vague memories of what the original plot was. So I cannot tell what was, I mean, I know there's more stuff obviously, but I cannot tell what was in and what was not. But I have kind of uh, a bunch of complaints about it. I'm, I'm just, I'm like an old man, really. I'm just like, eh, some of the gameplay is, you know. Uh, yeah, you don't, you don't like the combat, made. you said, which has floored me because I'm really enjoying the combat. So what I don't like about it is, um, I mean, I, I like the dynamic system. Obviously, it's nice. Uh, I, I, for the record, I liked very much the, what they did with uh, Final Fantasy XII. I thought that was very, very good. Uh, I, I think you don't have enough control in as to the default behavior of your companions. Like, you can't, you can't yeah. tell a guy, okay, you're going to be primarily healing and secondarily do that. You have you to can't give do them that. the damn, like, healing, auto, the cure material, basically. Yeah. Like, the auto-cure yeah. material. Yeah. So that's kind of annoying. And also finds that their, uh, you know, um, action gauge do, do not you know, get filled fast enough. when They, they don't fill unless you're playing as them, basically. For most, like, they might fill up once, but then if you really want to fill it again, you got to play as them. Yeah, and also another thing is, I feel like, so it's specific because this is a Midgar section, and it's very, like, story-driven. There's not a lot of fights, and, you know, like, a lot of enemies you fight, it's a fight's over very quickly, so you don't actually get to use your abilities very much. And so my problem with that is, you know, you get, for example, the steel materia, and, you know, to be able to steal something, you have to, like, Willingly not attack a guy, do something. I mean, the original game, you know, attack was a choice, steal was one. So, you know, you either did one or the other. A lot of these things, when they're transposed in this new system where you just attack pressing the square button, um, you know, they don't just they don't just don't work as well. So I feel like there's a kind of imbalance there, and uh, it might be fixed. You know, uh, in the wider game where you you actually fight monsters a lot more, it's like an open plane and you can find you know drakes everywhere, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's a it's funny you say that. I feel like I'm still figuring it out, and it's like I I don't have trouble with it, but I feel like I'm not like efficient yet. I I don't know how to best work the system because I don't fight enough. I'm just sort of I can always get through, but I don't feel like I mean uh, last night I fought like it was sort of a on one of the side quests, you can fight a really powerful sort of uh, classic Final Fantasy monster. And that was kind of the coolest fight I've had so far because I, I really had to sort of figure out how to utilize my team in the best way. And I, there's not that many opportunities for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And uh, I mean, the same thing here is 
I uh, I didn't dive very much so far. I'm uh, I'm I would say three three uh, quarters of the way through something like that. The bosses usually have one point two thirds of the way through the fight, where if you're not using the right strategy or if you're not healed up enough, they'll use some super attack that can wipe you out pretty yeah. quick. Yeah. And then you and then that's when you're like, okay, I'm gonna replay it. I'm gonna make sure I'm in good shape at this point. And then you'll I, win. <laughs> they do this thing in a couple bosses where it, this this kind of shit bugged me in the early RPGs too, where it's like, oh right, I arbitrarily have a specific elemental weakness, and oh you couldn't have known that entering this fight, so now you should probably forcefully exit this fight and redo your materia, and then come yeah. join the fight again. That's that's bullshit. They should be yeah. more malleable. I, I lost that. one boss battle and I hadn't used my assess materia during it, and I was like, oh well, that was a waste of time. I because now I can't even re-equip. So, I stopped using the assess because that little kid annoys the shit out of me, and I'm just. Oh, yeah. I, I love him. He makes oh. my he makes me my special materia. Oh, oh my, my god! god. His, his so voice, I can't do it. He's yeah, loud. You're no, but did you talk to him when you were dressed as a woman? And I, I I intentionally go around him not to talk <laughs> no, to him. No, it's funny because he has a moment where he's like, I I think I just had a feeling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like so, Cloud, I am here to help you, and I am working for Shinra, but actually I'm working from the inside to help destroy Shinra, so good good work. He's, he's a just... representation of a VR fan. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you are a VR fan, man. I know. <laughs> no, he's, he sucks. And, I am uh... a good boy. I dress very fancy, and here's a butterfly. He lives on my shoulder. <laughs> I look like a too sailor. Much. It's too much. Now, so he, he sucks. His character design is ridiculous. I agree. But beyond that, I think he's just lazy. I mean, hey, by the way, you want the Shiva summon? Well, you got to fight my VR battle. So it's cool to fight a summon. <laughs> I mean, I like the idea of fighting I like that summons. Fight, yeah. That's that's cool. But Did the you fact fight is with like, Aerith or alone? So I tried to do it alone, and I failed many times. So I, I like, failed five times. I was like, fuck this shit. There better not be another Shiva fight I don't know about, because I did do that one by myself. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I mean, I almost killed her, like, I don't know. I almost killed her a few times, but, right. you know, then then I, I, I don't know, I failed. So I was like, I was pissed. And when I got Iris, I went back and did it again. And then I just, you know, rolled over her. So Aerith is a powerhouse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's funny. I if she's just acting as an NPC, she doesn't do shit. And then if, as soon as I switch over to her... She's like dishing out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, you you can basically just destroy everybody, you know, when you use her. It's crazy. So, yeah, Azil, I didn't get a chance to interject because I had to step out of the room. But, like, for the combat, like, I think think you're hung up on the the fact that the AI doesn't best utilize their AP points. It doesn't stack them quickly enough. To me, what I've been doing to counteract that is even in small fights – I'll just switch around a lot, and like I've just kind of gotten used to the conversation. I think they might want you to do that, yeah. 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 Yeah, I I end up stacking points up by switching characters. I I think there's a way to cheat it, though. (laughs) Not to expose my twisted mind, but I'm always thinking, like, how do I do some sort of exploit build where I have them constantly healing Cloud, and then I just use Cloud's most powerful abilities over and over Mm -hmm. again (laughs) to destroy everything? And I've also got him with uh, basically a sword that uses... It gives you super high magic attacks, so then it's like he can do everything. And then if the other two are just healing all the time, even if you're slower, you'll never lose. So there's, I don't yeah. know, there's there's, there's so, ways to do that. But it looks like they're at least attempting a balance. Are, where are limit breaks uh, still a thing? Yeah. Mostly, yeah. In, mostly in boss battles. It takes a long time to accrue them. It's, it's actually me, it weird to me what they've done. Not so much with limits, but they are pretty rare. 
because yeah. you're not going to take enough damage uh, in a normal fight to activate them normally, unless you have a certain materia yeah. that like lets MP that you've used contribute to your yeah. limit break pool. So but also, one... the 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 thing that weirds me out a little is the summoning yeah. and how they change that. So that really is only like an event, like with bosses. Summoning, yeah. it's like a second limit break meter, basically. Like only oh, if wow. you get really fucked up do you see this bar, a new bar pop up. I, and then... it, I feel like is is it even tied to damage you receive during those fights? I feel at like least... it almost just sort of happens like yeah, midway through the just... boss fight. It just happens at some point. It's, well, it's not... summon time. I feel like, to me, it's if someone gets knocked on their ass and they're in the red, suddenly the that bar appears. Shows up. Yeah. Huh. I Maybe mean, it's it, just could, a... it could very well be that I just didn't notice because, you know, I was yeah dealing with that. But it, to me, it always felt like, again, it was almost like the same thing. And rather than two-thirds of the way through the fight, halfway through the fight, the summon meter shows up. And then if you're wise, you summon the right, you know, yeah. summon that elementally damages them. You spam the hell out of those attacks. And then if okay. you're lucky, uh, even if you're like, say you're on the ropes because they're using their super high-powered, you know, I'm dying. Let's try to kill your whole party with one-hit <laughs> attacks. Like, I literally had it the other day. I think uh, it was either Shiva or Ifrit, like, killed the boss for me when I had one character with one health oh, left. Oh, wow. Like yeah, and I was like, holy shit, they kill You know, that su- if that summon hadn't have gone off and exited the screen... And that's when they do the traditional summon attack. They actually, when you summon them, they fight with you. Or, uh, right. For a, yeah. a good, okay. Like okay. a fourth party so member. It's not that, like they just show up and then they leave. It's no, more yeah. They show up and then there. you can spend your AP points, which you'd usually use for spells or abilities, on summoning attacks. Otherwise, I think they'd throw normals at them, too. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, they, they just run up and kind of punch them. It, it's, mm. I mean, I, I was kind of wasting them early on because I'm like, what the hell is this? I don't want to you know, have mm-hmm. to use my AP on them. But it's really valuable if you have the right one with the right element. Because yeah. it's basically like spamming high-powered magic attacks yeah, without using... Yeah, and it's, uh, it's valuable if you're using Tifa and your, you know, AP points are just racked up continuously. So you can yeah. spam them. Oh, yeah. I made I her... I, I turned her into my new Aerith where I gave her the, the gloves with super high magic. I oh, gave wow, her really? All the, I gave her all the spells. And, yeah, she just always has spells. She can... Mm-hmm. She can... Shit. Basically, in one turn, she can like do a thousand damage to the enemy there's and then also, revive and heal you. There's also a materia that uh, augments the limit break uh, in a gauge. You know, oh, depending cool. on the uh, AP uh, points you get, so oh. she can also rack it up very, very fast. Yeah. Oh, I haven't. I've only I, used the MP one. I yeah. Have. No really been enjoying playing as Tifa like normally I would think the other sub characters is less fun to play as like Cloud to be the most you know balanced person to play with but I really love doing just standard melee okay, Tifa so she just hear me out but I've okay. actually been playing as Barrett recently and Why? I had a lot of Barrett no yeah. Barrett's fun I had a lot okay. of fun he's actually great I actually love him it's <laughs> just, you know what like I must be doing it wrong cuz I'm well, just... no, Here's what Barrett's great for in like a big tough fight is you can keep away from the enemy because yeah. the enemy will focus on the character that you're playing as. He's really easy to avoid the enemy with. Keep firing. All of your sh- damage also racks up your like magic abilities, so he can also do a lot of support healing while yeah. doing a lot of damage. His abilities do good damage from afar, so he's yeah. actually a really good option. Yeah, I love him. I just and, I mean, bigger picture, like I like that each character feels distinct and it's not yeah. just attack magic item or whatever it used to be you know so i really appreciate what they've done to make each character feel distinct and fun to play as 
Um, some for me more than others, but yeah, I need to give Barrett. They more they added shot. a lot of cool wrinkles. Like you can have, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily have fun, but you can definitely get lost just in like the weapons menus. And, oh you know, yeah, I, I like with that, that shit. They've really made it easy to specialize. Like I can make the Buster Sword my pure attack weapon, and then my, the second or third can be pure magic. You know, you can specialize yeah. what mm. each does for you. you I think can, that's yeah. The Buster Sword I think might be. I'm look. The more I'm looking at it, I'm looking at like the because I'm when you get to like the level five abilities or whatever, it looks like that one might be very, it's weird to say end game. Cause we know this game ends at like, you know, the 12% mark of the original yeah. game, but like it might be overall super balanced. If you were able to max it out, it might be mm-hmm. the most balanced magic, a physical attack and defensive weapon. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. That said, I have, um, one of the things I don't know if you mean is, um, the menus, I think they're a bit cumbersome. The what? It's probably, yeah, it's probably like the fact you have to, you that know, you have to map. go to the weird solar system of weapon. Upgrades. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you can't do it. You from, go to like, a the, portal to there. I yeah, just do the auto guys. I just do the auto one for attack. Oh, wow. Yep. Oh, wow. You saw oh my God. Except for cloud. I no, I didn't know. I didn't know oh there was God. an auto one. Oh yeah. Dude, you said, uh, triangle. Oh my God. I, I wouldn't trust it because it's like some of those abilities are actually kind of useless. You know, even yeah. though they're like offensive abilities, like, and for Barrett, for instance, I have him with a lot of attack ability, but I also gave him like all the HP. So he's got like 5,000 yeah. HP. Well, nice. so you have to make some assumptions about how it's choosing attack, and it gives you the following: balanced attack and defense. So let me ask you: if it comes between a choice between attack power or magic attack power, where's that going to push it? I don't actually know, but sorry, yeah. Aris, you're getting attack. <laughs> well, you it's know, there, I mean, it's pumping it's, up her physical ability yeah. on the staff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also stuff like uh, new material slots, and you know, they've got some Which, abilities. The, those are. Those you have to be careful with because in the beginning I was just selecting them like, oh, yeah, new materia slot. I got to get that. But sometimes it's just the connection between materia slots. Oh, God. Uh, that, can it, be, that can be useful too. It like, can be, but it can some. also be if you think you're going to go equip more materia and then it's like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> just, you know, I used 14 skill points yeah. on a connection. Well, God damn it. Ch- Chadley can reset them. Yeah. I've never <laughs> done it. I Chadley? Done it. Is that the kid's that name? Is the, that is yeah, the defect. Yeah. That's his name. Oh, yeah. Lord. Go yeah. ahead and hey, uh, hey, uh, Grail. It's not a spoiler. Just go ahead and Google Chadley. All right, I'm doing it right now, guys. Seven remake. You know what? Be careful. What we're talking be about. Be careful though, because I I fucking Google just what sp- what like the spirit uh stats did like completely, and I got a headline from a news article that like referenced oh. spoilers in the ending that gave away stuff to me. Oh, I was like, God, God damn it! Gotta get I'm those looking- clicks. Yeah, I'm looking up a fucking stat. How did this, like, come up? Like, God Here you damn go, Grail. I, I pasted. I see, I see. Chadley's got, like, a little monocle. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's kind of got a little uh, sailor boy outfit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Fits like a glove. He was made in a impressed Shinra lab to annoy you. Look at his fucking... His zipper's on the... It's stitched on the wrong side of his outfit. That's not how a <laughs> zipper's got, supposed got, to be stitched. He's got little buttons, too. Did he make his own outfit? <laughs> He probably did. Yeah. Why? What? Because he's a moron. <laughs> <laughs> I was so, created in a Shinra lab to annoy you. <laughs> so, no. like, hey, how at, least, you... at least he's not in Soldier. We've spent a lot of time talking about systems, which uh, the game, a lot of it is the systems, no doubt about it. And, like, spend a lot of your time focusing on where to accrue points. Like, 
how to use your party members. I was gonna, like. I was gonna try to beat the game last night so I could talk about it on here potentially because I didn't know where you guys were. Mm-hmm. I figured like I thought you know you guys might have blown ahead if you had more time, and then I realized like I'm not gonna do that. I'm I'm I spent like two hours in the menus like fucking with my characters yeah. like yeah this is what I'm gonna be doing. So. It's the thing for me is um, the complaints I have not having finished the game yet is some of the stuff at the pillar, which I'm not going to spoil for you, Walter, kind of annoyed me. And um, that might be because I've been, you know, uh, I mean, I'm an old man now and I'm, you know, maybe I'm used to stuff like Berserk. But basically when, you know, some bad guys are trying to do something really bad that's going to kill 10,000 people or whatever. And I, and I, you know, I'm beating them in battle. I'm not just going to leave them painting on the floor i'm gonna cut their head off you know <laughs> so they can't then magically you know beat me on my own game or whatever and i thought that was it, not it well per- handled it portrays some things by doing it too specifically like in the original game it made sense like you know like oh you had them beat but they used the last ounce of their strength to to do it right whereas in this one it makes it more explicit that it's like oh you kind of fucked up mm. <laughs> yeah know? yeah exactly and yeah. beyond that i also think like you see some, you know, characters die and they're like, uh, I'm just, I'm not feeling so good. And you're like, I got healing spells, revival spells. <laughs> oh, At come on, though. And, and, and I mean, it's just the character model. You know what? I same. didn't even and think I mean, of that. Shows a guy with his arm blown off or, you know, like a gut wound and blood on his shirt. Just change the shirt texture to have some blood on it. So that I can see that this is gravely wounded. I was like, does this guy actually I die? Wanted, I don't have internal our... injuries. I wanted our heroes' faces to be blown off. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, shows a guy taking some real damage. I don't know. I saw that. And, and, <laughs> some and, intestines yeah. spilling out, you know. <laughs> yeah, and there's also, I mean, there's also Cloud. I mean, I, you know, they've really succeeded in making him as annoying as I remember. In that, you know, he used to be kind of. I, I don't want to be uh, insulting to people on the spectrum, so I'm not gonna say the a word. But he's really awkward and not very like and I, I know he's supposed to be but man they, i i they, think sometimes they made his character like an alien from another planet yeah, like, yeah you know it's, it's kind of it's, weird honestly it's too heavy-handed sometimes it's like yeah. i get i get he's got you know trouble and stuff but you know he's got his best friend from childhood crying and he's like uh, should I put my arms around her, you know, shoulders? Uh, 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 he's, he's perfectly uh, manipulating. He like, and, and he makes, I mean, even the, the grunts he makes, sometimes he, he makes some weird grunts and it's like, it doesn't make sense. Like yep. reacting to something, it doesn't make any sense. It's I, like, I, some of those certainly bugged me in the beginning until I got kind of like attuned to like what they were doing with like audible like gasps and sounds like that bugged the shit out of me. Well, At the same time, sometimes the line delivery, I actually like it. Like he'll be really yeah. terse and it's like, oh, nope. Yeah. Like actually, like the way he delivers his nope sometimes. Yeah. I told you, I told you not to call me bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So uh, I was of, I was surprised by some of the voice acting. Some of it's enjoyable. Like I think it's actually, I mean, it's all very slick. I yeah. think it's all very slickly yeah. done. If it, if there's anything I don't like, they were intentional choices. It's not that it's like, oh man, they did this poorly. It's more like I just disagree with the uh, yeah, yeah the way they did this. Sure. Yeah, and and I mean the stuff I was complaining about earlier, I think is they did it that way because first it's PG-13, so you know even when a guy dies, he's gonna die. You know, he's just falling asleep, and uh, and the other stuff is you know his choices, and I just uh, I, I kind of disagree with them. I um, I kind of like. 
what made me like this game was almost it almost started superficially like it was being able to look up at the plate above you in the slums like being able to see the, the scope of the city even though yeah. some of it feels somewhat exaggerated a lot of times if you when you're when you're above it in the, the second reactor it's like is the city really that big mm-hmm. um that kind of thing but i just like the idea of inhabiting that place that before that in the original game it's just kind of implied what the city is like to live in whereas here they really spend time detailing it showing you all the little like nooks and crannies and alleyways Mm. of the slums i like all that stuff i think that feels cool i've got uh i mean i guess i'm gonna go more broad i've got complaints similar to as's but i mean i think they i'm gonna apply them more generally in that I had this. I had a similar experience playing the game as him. It was a big deal to me, and I was like, "Wow!" I had I, the right down to like I thought Midgar was going to be the end of the game, and I was like, "Oh my god!" You know, it's the whole world opens up after. So that similar experience, except I do I I replayed it a few times. I even replayed it with like a super memory card, so I could save at every save point in the game and like have Holy chapters shit. to go back to any part. So I I am very familiar with the beats of the plot. I mean, I've, I don't remember everything, but like I notice when there's differences and when there's changes and when there isn't. So did you have one saved for Hojo at Costa del Sol, just like hanging out there in lab coat? <laughs> I, I, I can guarantee I had one saved within like five minutes <laughs> of that moment. <laughs> so wow. if I wanted to revisit it. Okay. Uh, so anyway, where I'm going with this is just that in the beginning, you know, I, there was sort of this dissonance I had and like it ebbed and flowed where it's like, uh, I do I like these changes? Do I not like them? And I, it, they kind of won me over just the, the like for the reasons uh, Walter was pointing out, you know, you get more depth, you get more detail, you get mm-hmm. these nooks and crannies. And, you know, it's like I'm not going to complain about getting more because it's not like they're cutting things. It's not like they're actually like getting rid of stuff or substituting things. And as it went on, though, especially because it's like, you know, and you guys know this, it's like anything you're going to do in this game, you kind of know it's going to like, they're like, okay, we got to go here and do this. And it's going to be like three things you end up doing before you do that. And they each take an hour to two hours each. And it's sort of like, oh my God, you know, and uh, I'm just getting to a point where I'm like, from the time that you do the, the pillar to where I'm now going to be going up to Shinra tower after I finish all the side quests, I've just been doing all these story events that are added and new. And I'm wondering, and I'm thinking, well, this isn't really adding anything to me. Mm. Like, this isn't actually improving the story. This isn't taking yeah. an existing wrinkle well, and fleshing it out. It's just, it's just filler. Yeah. I haven't been there yet. I know, so no, I no, I know. It. I can't, I can't, uh, I'm not going to, that's one of the reasons I just want to be general. But I mean, this sort of applies going back to is like, there's a point, I'm reaching a point where I'm thinking like about all of it and saying like, this isn't necessarily adding that much. And I'm thinking about it too in terms of like the story economy, which we talked about in the beginning where it's like, it might have been better just to have focused more on that skeleton rather than sort of all these muscle and appendage. Like, you know, they, let's call the original game like the skeleton of the story, the, the hard, you know, mm-hmm. uh, part. And then they've added all this muscle to it. That's like the positive way to look at it. And then it's like almost though, okay, after the muscle, we're almost getting into like these weird appendages, you know, <laughs> like hanging <laughs> off, you know, tendrils. And it's getting, you know, where I'm thinking like, well, this is almost like a tumor, you know, this part, you know. So that's that's where I'm at with it right now where I'm sort of wondering like we didn't really need all this. And it's like I, I kind of would have preferred they did more of the game. Like, you know, like where it's going to end at the end of Midgar here. And I'll see how they pull that off. But I, I am sort of fluctuating back where I'm like, yeah, I didn't need them to do like – 
so much extra subplot stuff that almost, in a weird way, takes away from the concentration yeah. of the main story. Where it's like, you know, I'm I'm I am playing something totally different for hours at a time that almost has nothing to do <laughs> with the original game's plot, and it also isn't enhancing the original game's plot. Well, it's just when something I, else, good or bad. When I tried to interject earlier, I was saying oh, I haven't gotten to where you're at yet, but in terms of the side stories. Just to take your temperature on them, like how did you feel about the Jesse side story? See, no, that that was actually fine. Like okay. I, I, I raised my sort of like potential objections with that and like, you know, how is how far are we gonna go with this? And we're like way beyond Jesse now. It's like, you know, okay. it's like all these invented side characters, and then we're getting into their lives, and then it's like, well, I'm pretty far afield here, and isn't my friend you know, kidnapped. I got, you know, I got to go, uh, save Aerith. Uh, what's going on here? Uh, so it's just one of these things where, yeah, it, it does make you, I wonder like, did I need all the ghosts at the train track? Did uh, I need all the extra sewer segments and more sewer segments on top of the sewer segments and then side quests where I can do more sewer segments? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's, was it just I, makes me wonder where it's like I'm doing five hours at a time where it's like I haven't even done the main plot of FF7 in the last five hours. And that'll be when I'm not even – I'm doing the main scenario of this game though. So I'm mm-hmm. not doing side quests, but it's like it just has me really far afield. And it makes me think like, huh, this is – it's just weird. We'll have to see how it all I, comes together. I, I agree with that and uh, I want to add something. Is that So I, I agree with all of that. I think you know, at some point – I, I get, I, I appreciate it also that you get to see the city in more detail, but, uh, you know, from a point where you have a sense of urgency, you know, you got to save the plate from falling down or you got to go rescue someone or whatever. I feel like, you know, yeah, doing, you know, pull-ups at the gym or, you know, going on errands, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a point where going on errands can make sense and there's one where it doesn't make sense anymore. And uh, beyond that, why I haven't finished the game yet, I, I you know, like I was saying earlier, uh, finishing the first game, you know, the great part of the game is that Midgard is just the introduction. Granted, yeah. it's a big introduction. It's not just, you know, as a tutorial, but, you know, there's a whole war that opens up. And, you know, maybe it's because I, you know, I've been binging this game in just a week, but I feel like, you know, if it ends after Midgard, I'll be like, you know, I paid, you know, 70 bucks for this. I'm not sure I'm getting my money's worth, you know, and when's the next game coming out and are going are they going to keep the same system because as you were saying earlier griff i feel like you know after mid guys when that combat system the gameplay all those stuff you got you know starts getting useful and if it just ends and the next game is like mass effect 2 and it's just a whole other game with other things and what you did in the first one is not taken into account and it's just, you know, the same characters, but everything's new. Then I feel like, you know, uh, it's been a waste of time and, you know, uh, not well executed. So I'm really curious about how they're going to go about the whole story. Um, I would love to t- keep talking. I just got to I got to split myself. Um, uh, but I'm sure we'll have another chance to talk about it in the next time we record. But thanks for joining me, guys. Um, sorry to cut it off quickly, but we got real life stuff to do um well we can just stand it there no problem cool all right see you guys all right see you guys bye-bye see ya
The Skullcast is a production of Skullnight.net, a Berserk fan community. If you like what you heard, please visit patreon.com sknet. Donations there do not go towards the podcast, but instead toward our resident translator, Puela, who ensures that our members have access to high-quality, text-based translations of Berserk. Puela has also been translating interviews with Berserk's creator, Kentaro Miura. Many of these interviews have never been translated into English, so it's very exciting to read those. That kind of work simply wouldn't have happened without support from our donors. If you'd like to chip in a buck or two, please know that it all helps. Once again, that's patreon.com sknet. If you have a question or want to comment on the podcast, visit our forum, skullnet.net slash forum. Near the top, you'll see a section devoted to the podcast. There's always an active thread in there, so go ahead, leave a post, and someone's sure to respond quickly. Thanks for listening.